It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. All right, here we go. That's right. Sun is shining. Always sunny on Rothman and Ice, sponsored by your local Pella Window and Door showroom on Gemini Parkway. Unfortunately for Matty Ice, who likes those dark, dreary, damp days, we just lock it down. Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice Hayes, CB in the saddle. Boys, how we feeling? Doing all right, man. Doing all right, you know. Just kind of at peace today. Some of the mm-hmm. stuff going on outside of the sports world, heavy stuff, but... Uh, you know, I'm doing okay, man. You're right. A little sun shining right now, melting that snow away. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't anticipating that much snow when I <laughs> looked outside this morning when I cracked the blinds open and looked at the whip in the top of the car. Looked like it was in the middle of December, but now I looked outside shortly before the show and it's like, where did it all go? It's melted and gone. So now we can't complain anymore because there's no more snow. April in Ohio. That's it, exactly. man. I just joined the April in Ohio social media brigade. And we all knew it was kind of, I agree with you. I thought it was going to be a dusting. I thought it was going to be what they call like a wintry mix where it just hits the ground and it's wet. And then you're right. You wake up and it's, it may have been snowball worthy. I didn't actually reach down and, and formulate one to kind of maybe throw that hanging curve into a brick wall. But I think it was snowball worthy. Okay. Am That's I wrong good. about it? I mean, it kind of had a wet packing snow. It looked, you know, stepping in it yeah. today and taking yeah. the dogs out. I think we could have. You could have brought a nice heater to the table today. Okay. I'm yeah. all about a nice snowball fight. Just leave the ice balls out, man. They've been mm. hit with too many ice balls as a youngin, scarred by those things for life. Because you catch one of those on a Bet bare you. piece of skin, that'll mm. cut you up real quick. Bet you would, Matty Ice. Um, yeah, we'll be by next week, we'll be back in the 60s and 70s. Of course we will. You know, Why not? Sure. From, from May. <laughs> That's it. what I tell you? Cold, wet, hot. Three Ohio seasons with a little sprinkle, a little dash Damn. of celery, salt, uh, you know, fall, and some spring, some low humidity. So a little we're there. Christmas I, vibe going on last yeah. night. Not mad at that. Yeah, right. A little, a little dusting today. In of fact, course. they're they're having a little open house of turtle tonight, and you know, prospective members and that sort of thing. And uh, I'm not hosting it. I'm oh, just okay. telling you, I was wandering back into the kitchen to make my lunch. And uh, Carl was back there. Big Carl. Big dude. Former Mifflin football dude. Like, big dude. Maddie, like, this franchise, we stick him in the center and we just lob it into him. Okay. Just all and day long. Hook yeah, shots. You know, that's down right. The oh, absolutely. Get totally. his Akeem on. That's Akeem right. The dream moves. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. And, and Chef Eric's back there. <clears throat> and I see these little tiny, like, little almost pastry shells. Mm. I'm thinking, okay, it's got to be for the open house. You know, connecting the dots. What's going on here? And he said, yeah, I'm making these little tiny little like little lemon curd pastries and then little key lime pie little pastries. Mm. And I said, okay, all right. And then, you know, I'm trying to, like, hint a little bit, like, Where's well, the cobbler, uh, big dog? Well, no, I didn't go. <laughs> I don't think they're serving cobbler on an open house. It's a little messy. Okay. Everybody's sitting around with a Ooh, cobbler a la mode. Right. By the way, where do I sign if it's cobbler a la mode? Right. Um, and then... But but I wanted him to know that how do you know they're any good unless somebody tries them? Right. He said, you know what? That's a good idea. Come back in about a half hour. I'm like, okay. all right, I'm there. I'll tweet you a picture. Oh my uh, so we got that going. Um, you, you know, we be karaoke tonight. <clears throat> 
you shutting the house down with karaoke? Wait, there's no karaoke. Okay, you know, I'm just asking. Hey, members coming in, everybody's feeling I don't think good, I could gathering. do karaoke. I don't think I, 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 you know, we did some, we did a, uh, we've done some things. We did it down at the shoe once, right? We did it on the, what, what did we do? I think it was for the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer, and we were over at, uh, off a lane for the, for the, uh, the tailgate where you do the show. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Your show. And after that, we all went over. I think Bobby and I went over there. Tim went over there. I was over there. And we had to sing mm. with a band. That's right. Okay. That's and, official. <laughs> and, I, and I did it. And I did it. And you know I did, you know, third eye blind, little semi-charm kind of life. And I did it. And I thought I killed it. Like, I really felt good about it. Because I know, I know the lyrics so well. Yeah, and you've got to have that preparation. You got to have the lyrics. You got to have that down. But there's nothing that can prepare you for getting up on stage with zero training. You're not a singer. You've only done it in the car in the shower, right? And you feel like you're a star. There is nothing in the world. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, I could stare into a TV camera and talk to thousands of people. Sure. But you know they're behind the – you know they're not – they're in there. They're in the camera. Correct. They're not staring at you. You don't see the eyeballs. Right. But staring out there, man, in front of that. And right. I think also – and I, I know this for a fact because now I've done it. I, don't, I would not want to be a singer without the ability to have a guitar around my neck or at least a bass. Why's that? I just – to me, it, it, there's a sense of security <clears throat> that I'm part – I'm actually a musician. Okay. That I'm part of the deal. And you can always kind of fake. So I did that. I've already I've, – I've told the story before. I hmm. – when I when – you, if you ever get fortunate enough to throw out a first pitch at a game hmm. of any kind – Celebrity status. Wear a glove. Yeah. Wear the baseball glove on your pass. left. It gives you the, ba- it gives you the balance – you feel better about it. There's a sense of security. You ask any pitcher, I, that egg feels tiny in your hand when you don't have that glove on the left hand. And so I think that's the way to go. And I feel, and I'm going to transfer that same advice to the, if you ever get into a situation in a public event where you have to sing, mm. don't make me sing. If you have to sing, throw a guitar around your neck and just fake strumming a little bit not air guitar this is a real guitar and guess what i did i asked for a guitar okay when i did that episode down off lane avenue and you know what plugged in or not ar was there and he was look he looked the part and that's the whole key fake it till you make it that's it that's That's it fake it till you make it but i think karaoke you going karaoke you ever doing that I have done karaoke once or twice in my life. Not bad. You know, my friends have been trying to get me and another one of my best friends to do a specific song, a little R. Kelly and Usher, Same mm. Girl, which is a nice little track. But you got to have a partner for that song. And that can be tricky, right? Because if you go up there in karaoke and you know what you're supposed to do, you better make sure your partner in crime singing the same song has their lyrics to go. So we've been practicing this song for a long time. We just got to wait to get out of all of this pandemic stuff and then we'll we'll shut it down at a karaoke spot doing same girl and i'll make sure there's video evidence just for you to see how i get down on a karaoke stage yeah yeah i think it's a dream of everyone you know one time oh man to be in that spotlight and, and also by the way you have to select the right song 
Like it has to be in your wheelhouse. You cannot do not get out. You're already out of your comfort zone by being up there. Don't yeah. take it to the next level by doing something that's difficult. Yeah, you know, I'm with I, you. yeah, I'm with you. And I've always said this, Ar. I know we're wrapped up in the world of sports, but the life of a musician to me is the best celebrity lifestyle out there. Mm-hmm. Better than an athlete. Better than an actor or an actress to me. Like it is the best. When you talk about what those guys and gals have to do and their ability to perform in front of a crowd like that for an hour a night, hour and a half a night, shut it down, get paid tons of money, you don't have to work out, you don't really have to respond to anybody, you make your own schedule, and you get paid tons of money. I'm all in on a musician's lifestyle. Give me that more so than an athlete, Mm. actor, actress, top chef around the world, doctor, like any of that stuff. There's too much work involved with that. I just want to be a musician, make a couple hits, and then be lazy. Uh, Yeah. I, I know where you're going with this, and I just think if you love the competitive part of sports, where am I getting the competitive juices as a musician? Unless it's one of those sing-off shows, right? You're like looking the boy, at your Twitter comments and the Billboard charts. That's where the competition is going to come from. When you look at other guys or other artists above you on the Billboard charts, that should okay. get you going. Okay. Well, people are dunking so the on rankings. you in your comments. Absolutely. All right. so okay. There's still a little rankings I'm involved. I'm glad you went. There are rankings involved. You're right. To get a number one hit. You're right. No okay. And then to stay there. And that's it. Right. And you're and good. to keep, keep churning out. New- oh, you're exactly goodness. right. The pressure to keep churning out hits is the same yes. as to keep churning out winning seasons. Yeah, and look, some people might say, oh, look, no drug testing if you're a musician. That may be appealing <laughs> to some people, you know? Like, hey, there's a lot of perks True. with it. <laughs> Sorry, tonight's concert is canceled. <laughs> we had the, the singer did a urine test, and guess what? Exactly. PDs. We're done. <laughs> There's none of that going on. You do what you want. It's lawless. It's a lawless lifestyle that's set up for just everything we have always wanted in life. Because think, yeah. you're an athlete. You got to work out twice a day in the summer all year round and do all that. Musician, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, I just got a email from Stu. This is awesome. Uh, Anthony, you're 100% correct about public appearances on a musical stage. As a bar band guitar player for 40-plus years, the guitar gives you something to do with your hands and serves as a magic wand to deflect both flying beer bottles and other malevolent intentions. Flying Um, beer bottles. Interesting. uh, Yeah, I don't know where he's performing. This is like, is he at the double deuce behind some chicken wire? Like, you know, (laughs) Stu... You got to find a new venue, man. Yeah, man. The flying beer bottles went, uh, uh, you know, by way of the dodo bird, man. Could, we wait, can't have that. Could it be the venue, or could it have been Stu and his squad? Maybe the crowd wasn't impressed with our guy oh. Stu, and that's why the bottles yeah, were flying. Yeah, See, yeah, now yeah. I'm interested. Was it our guy Stu, or was it just the crowd being out of pocket there? Like we got to, we yeah. need more details on All that because right. I've been to a couple karaoke spots and one of my friends got <laughs> booed on the stage. So these people aren't messing around. Like you don't want to waste anybody's time. So now I'm curious: was it Stooge and his squad dropping the ball, people, or just a grumpy crowd that night? I didn't think people booed karaoke people because. You're part of the karaoke. Like when you go to a karaoke bar, I, how, what's the percentage of people that actually are doing it or just there to watch? It's got to be half and half. It's got to be like fifty percent of the people are going up there, right? But if you're so why, step why would they up on that stage, them off the stage, you got to be you got to be 
average. You can't be awful. You no. just can't be awful. You can't no. be stumbling over every other word and only words are there. That's, that's what I'm saying. You can't be hopping in when the course is only there. Like you got to go out there and give us a good effort. So if it's below average or way below average, I'm okay with booing at a karaoke bar. Let them have it. Just read it off the dummy cards. Dummy cards. You know, I may be punchy. That's just the way I talk. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying real hard up here, Maddie, and you're being rude. All right. What's he up to? Who did you think I was talking about? I know you're talking about Rocky. I'm just saying. Of course. What's, what's, what's Sylvester up to? I don't know. He, don't ever. By the way, don't ever use the what's he up to. What do you mean? About my. Because you know what what. <laughs> You know, know. what is he up to means. It means not much. I know. He gone. It means dirt nap. Yeah, he gone. Yeah, don't do that. <sighs> um, by the way, there's. I, I guess Stallone has revealed like some awesome like bonus stuff coming out with his director's cut of of Rocky Four. More Rockies. Yeah, great. more phenomenal. that you haven't seen. Yeah, so yeah, great for yes. all of us. Just overkill on Rockies. Phenomenal. Fun. <laughs> God. You're not allowed to say that when Put you haven't seen bed. the first one. Just put it to bed. Put it to bed. No. <laughs> hey, who put this deal to bed? I did. All right. I got to tell you, there's a top prospect in the NFL draft, and I'm not talking about Justin Fields. I'm talking about a guy that there are serious concerns about whether he can live up to what he was in college. We'll examine that next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. <laughs> There's only one way to start your day, and that's with the soothing tones of morning juice. Soothing. Weekday mornings at 6. The Fan. Your home for hockey and hounds. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, Shefty coming up, bottom of the hour. We'll get pick his brain on everything going on with, what, eight days till the draft. Maddie, this season, as we all know too well, Devontae Smith was the first receiver to win the Heisman in nearly 30 years. Uh, led everybody in catches, yards, touchdowns. Uh, he had, what, 200-plus against the Buckeyes in the three scores before halftime. Yeah, that wasn't fun. We don't want to relive that, but it's fact. And he's one of the best college players we've seen in a long time as far from a weapon standpoint. And he's probably not going to be the top dude taken. And there is a chance that he may not even be the second guy taken or the third guy taken. Which is amazing when you think about those stats. Like, you have Jamar Chase there. Um, You have Pitts there, of course, we've talked about. Now, he may, when he played at Bama, they listed him at 6'1", 175. And... He may even be lighter and shorter than that. He had three different chances to be officially weighed and measured over the past 90 days. He's declined every one. It's almost like he's saying, check the tape. But when it comes to this kind of thing, they're not going to just check the tape. We need to know. And I guess he did measure at a medical, some at the at the medical part of it, and he came up six foot. What did he come up? Six foot one sixty six. One sixty six. I mean, listen, going over the middle in the NFL isn't fun for anyone. Uh, watching a safety put you in their crosshairs isn't fun for anybody at any size. Um, he's also 
on the older side, right? Isn't he 22 or 20? How old is Devontae Smith? Isn't he? He's up there, right? Or am I wrong about that? Um, let me see what I got on the Devontae Smith. I got an age yeah. 22, 22 years old, turned 23 in November. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's a very tough one to figure out. And the question that I, we all have is, is the concern over his durability legit? Can both things be true at the same time? Where if you draft him, you know you're getting an incredible weapon, but you're holding your breath every time he takes the field. I think two things can be true at the same time. And and I, I doesn't make him not worth taking. Uh, I think there's a lot of risk there. I he's a he's a incredible weapon to have. He's the best receiver in college football um, last year, as far from a weapon standpoint. So, what do you think when you hear six feet one sixty six? I'm not overly concerned about it, honestly. I'm really not because you can't hit what you can't catch, or you can't mm-hmm. hit what you can't guard. And I think mm-hmm. he's going to be that special. And I think we could throw that label on really any NFL player. You can run into a hit that can injure anybody. We've seen guys that are bigger, mm-hmm. quarterbacks in the pocket get hurt. We've seen guys that are smaller get hurt. It's just the sport. So. It's something that I would definitely be aware of, but if I was in one of these NFL teams, I'd want to get them in the building, get them on my nutrition plan, get them on <laughs> my weightlifting program and all of that stuff. And I still want the talent that is Devontae Smith. So it's something, but it isn't a huge thing to me. We, we've seen guys be in fact impactful players. I know Deshaun Jackson's a name that a lot of people think about with this, but Marvin Harrison found his way to Canton as a slight guy weighing about 175 throughout his career in the NFL. So it can be done, but there absolutely has to be something that you, you got to be aware of this. It's something you can't ignore, but I, I'm not overly concerned about it because I think he's such a good talent. He runs really good routes, and he's got an electric speed, so I think he's a dude that's just going to find himself in uh, situations making plays week in and week out. So I think it's something he can build upon. Mm-hmm. Like In year one, year two, he can gain five to ten pounds throughout the first couple years mm-hmm. of his career, and I think he'll be okay. So right now, it's not great, but I don't think this is something that would prevent me from taking Devontae Smith if I really like his talent. The dude's a stud. Yeah, I mean, he listen, he didn't – I mean, he could have put on weight at Alabama. It's just his body type. I mean, the way how fast he is and and the kind of player he is, he probably didn't need to do it in college. I mean, though, their guys can bring – they can bring the lumber in college too. For sure. And he avoided that pretty well in college. I agree with you. Anybody's susceptible. He's more susceptible mm-hmm. at 166. But I think it's something – I think there is something there. I, I would be lying if I told you I was. I wouldn't be concerned. It's fair. No, that's fair. Yeah. It absolutely is. A real quick uh, brings the yeah. same thing we were talking about with Hollywood Brown for the yeah. Ravens a couple years ago, coming out of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and he's been he's been just fine. But there was the same stuff with him. You can go back and check it out. Very slight guy coming out of OU, and he's been all right over a couple years in the NFL. Again, one play away, but that was another label for sure on Hollywood Marquise Brown that he was very slight, and teams were a little bit afraid to go get him, and he was taken in the first round, and he's been just fun. All right, we'll talk more about this uh, later in the show. We'll bring on Schefter next and get what he's hearing about the top 10 in the draft next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. The first and the best. Your home for all things Buckeyes, Jackets, and former linebackers making inappropriate innuendo. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. NFL Playbook with ESPN's Adam Schefter. All right, here we go. Senior NFL insider from ESPN. He is Adam Schefter. He is on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Shefty, how you feeling? 
Anthony, Matty Ice, it is uh, exciting. It's always a fun time of the year. Lots of anticipation. We are eight days out now. And before you know, we'll all be in Cleveland here for the draft next week. All right, let's, let's jump into the draft and just get your feel on a few things, uh, especially in the top ten. How many teams, if I throw out maybe, let's, let's go Atlanta, let's go Detroit, let's go Carolina, Denver. How many teams in the, of, of the teams that are outside of the top three do you truly feel are in the quarterback market? Well, I think everybody is always in the quarterback market because if you have a chance to upgrade your team and do it with a quarterback and a rookie contract, you always take that chance. Now, ultimately, uh, I think Atlanta is looking, but I, I, my sense in talking to people is that that's not what they're going to ultimately decide. And the more I hear, the more I sense Kyle Pitts is a logical choice at number four. And then Cincinnati obviously won't pick a quarterback at five, um, and they're not a team that trades out. So um, it seems like the debate there is Jamar Chase, uh, a Joe Burrow favorite, or Penny Sewell, which is the foundation of your house. To me, you, know, you have a quarterback coming up with a knee injury. It's an easy decision, uh, offensive line, but Jamar Chase is an unbelievable receiver, and so it's hard to argue against that. And then you got Miami at six, traded back up to six. Um, it did so with the idea of three guys in mind, not a quarterback there, unless somebody wants to trade up there. Now, could Carolina trade up? I doubt they'd give up more picks to go get a quarterback. Could Denver? Possibly. Could Chicago or Washington or New England? You never know. Um, but I do think that Carolina potentially is in the quarterback market. I do believe Denver is potentially in the quarterback market. Detroit just traded for Jared Goff, so it's hard for me to see that they're going to go quarterback now. But, again, I don't think anything can be ruled out. You know, Shifty, sticking with teams that may be in the quarterback business, any reason to believe that Washington could be a team that may want to make a move? I know Fitzpatrick's there, but I don't think anybody thinks he's the long-term answer. You hearing anything about Washington maybe sniffing around these quarterbacks come next week? Well, again, do I think that Washington is poised and possible to make a move there? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I don't know that it will. It all depends on who's there. It depends on what the price is. But, yes, I don't dismiss them for making a quarterback play on draft day. I don't think anybody should. I think that they're right in the thick of things there. And so you know, this is what makes next week so great, right? Because, to me, we can talk about it. You can say, Matty Ice, that you don't think that Fitzy's the long-term answer, but maybe they do, and maybe they take a running back or a offensive lineman or whatever it is that they do. This is the moment, to me, where teams put their cards on the table. No more bluffing. No more deceiving. What do you got? Who do you believe in? Who do you not believe in? Where do you think you need an upgrade? Where do you don't think you need an upgrade? And we see it over the course of the three days. All right, Jeff, the one team that knows they most likely don't have the long-term answer at quarterback, but they could get through, is New England with Cam Newton right now, is coming back for 2021. Mm-hmm. But the bigger question certainly is, will Belichick try to go up, or does he wait on draft day to kind of see how it falls? And then if, if, if his guy is there, then maybe he'll make a move. Are you, are you anticipating that the Patriots are heavily in the quarterback market to try to go up? Well, I would say this. If we look at Bill Belichick's 20 years, he's never once traded up for a quarterback. Hmm. And, yes, he had Tom Brady. Um, but there have been times when they've gone quarterback in the draft and they've never moved up. 
Now, this is a different circumstance. I think they like Cam more than the public thinks they like Cam. But I do think that they'll be looking and investigating all these possibilities. And if the right guy is there at the right spot with the right value, yes, they make a move. Okay? But where is that? What is that? Do they believe that one of these quarterbacks is worth trading up to get? I don't know that. I don't know that. Nobody knows that. Bill Belichick knows that. I don't. Okay? I, I think it's possible. I, I would say I think that they're looking at quarterbacks, although you have to look at quarterbacks, and we'll see how that one shakes out next week. Again, another moment of truth, right? Another moment of truth. Wanted to hit you up on New Orleans and their quarterback situation because I saw Jameis came out and said that he's outworking every quarterback in the league right now. Also saw that Taysom Hill said he's focusing on nothing but quarterback play uh, right now and wants to sharpen his toolbox up in that realm mm-hmm. of the football world. How are you understanding this, Shefty? Is this Jameis's job to lose, or are you kind of thinking that this thing's going to be in a 50-50 split? I don't think it's Jameis's job to lose. In fact, I think going in, you follow the money. The bigger money has been given to Taysom Hill. That doesn't mean that Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback, but I think it gives him the opportunity to go win that job early on. Now, again, I think the Saints value both quarterbacks. I think both will be given an opportunity. Um, I don't know whether you want to call it an open competition. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Again, I like to follow the money. The money usually shows you something. There's more money invested in Taysom Hill than there is Jameis Winston right now, but that doesn't mean that Taysom is the starter on opening day, but it wouldn't surprise me if you were. All right, Chef, the, I, I do believe, and I know people may find this boring, but I think the NFL owners are considering there, there's some rule changes potential here for 2021, I guess maybe expanding the instant replay assistant, uh, the fourth and 15 alternative to the onside kick. Do you think the owners will find that too gimmicky? What do you expect may or may not pass here? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I know that uh, I, I think the Eagles have another proposal on the table today. They're having a conference call later to discuss all these rules. Um, you know, it's, it, I, I never know. Like, I don't get too worked up about rules changes, particularly at this time of the year. Like, again, mm-hmm. we're, I'm wrapped and I am fourth and 15 or, a, mm-hmm. or an on guy. It just, that kind of thing to me doesn't float my boat. That's me. Yeah, I just figured it was timely only because it was. It's going to happen today. The deliberations yeah. and uh, and I do think football fans do get caught up in the overtime rules and I and I guess when the fourth and fifteen yeah. from your own twenty five jumped out at me like you know it made me think like okay well maybe that would be a twist they put you on your own twenty five you have one down fourth and fifteen to try to get a first and if you get it you keep the ball and you try to to go versus the onside kick which I don't know what the percentage of successful onside kicks are in the NFL but. Um, I, I just found it somewhat intriguing, and yeah. I guess today no, they'll no, vote no. on it. Yeah, I think fans care about overtime and the system of overtime, and the league has gone back and forth on what is the right system for it. I don't know that it still believes that it has the right system, uh, but overtime is a big deal, and uh, we'll see what comes out of the discussion today. Shifty, I wanted to ask you how you manage uh, you know, gathering information at this time of year because I'm sure there's so many things you're hearing yeah. and all of that stuff leading up to the draft. How do you weigh like what really you buy into versus kind of what could be kind of just some BS thrown out for a team that wants to move things around in the draft? How do you handle these next couple days leading up to the draft? You know, when I'm talking to teams, I never ask them what uh, they're thinking. I just don't do that. You know, and maybe sometimes it seeps out in the course of a conversation. I could tell, oh, boy, 
Uh, they, they're asking a lot of questions about wide receivers. Or they're asking a lot of questions about defensive linemen. Uh, that, that tells me that, that they might be interested in there. But I don't say, well, what's your board? What are you thinking? I always like to know from teams what they think is going on right in front of them, right behind them, right all around them. Uh, because they've been grinding away and digging into that. And they're not going to be sharing you know, their draft board well, by and large. Now, there are some people in the league that I have strong enough relationships with that, that I think that they know that they can share anything and, and their secrets are pretty safe. But, you know, again, that, that's a, a select group. And then there are other people that I've got relationships with that, again, I'm not going to put them in a spot where I feel like I'm compromising them. Yeah, I don't want to do that. That, that. That's proprietary. That's their business. And, um, and so, but, but again, just because the Cleveland Browns or the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I'm talking to one of them, uh, doesn't mean that they aren't aware of what the teams all around them are doing. They, they put some time into that, too, and thought as well. So uh, to me, that, that's how I like to approach it. And, and I don't view it as information gathering so much as I do just having telephone conversations over and over and over and reading up. And the more you talk to it, the more, the more people you talk to, the more you learn, the more you learn, uh, the more prepared you are for next week. I do. I, I agree with you guys. I think the fun is the hype. The fun is the talk. But I'll ask you this. Over, in all your years, Shefty, of covering the draft, did you ever get solid information, some sort of tip, that this team is picking this guy and it actually matters, it's newsworthy, and then you have that information, you have to decide, I'm putting that out there or not? not, not I mean, look, there are some picks like, you know, if the... Um, Falcons are trading up with the Chargers and targeting Michael Vick. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, in the draft with Eli Manning, Philip Roethlisberger, that's interesting. Everybody's wondering this year who the Niners are. If I found out who the Cleveland Browns were taking tomorrow at pick twenty-four, or wherever they, do you think do you think that really is that important? Like, really? Like, if say, oh boy, the Cleveland Browns want this guy, and by the way, who knows if that guy's even going to be there at that point? So again, you have to weigh these things. I'll tell you a funny mm-hmm. story though. Um, this was one of the great stories. Uh, I covered the Broncos for 16 years. I got to tell a story on my podcast next week. This, this reminds me. And um, they knew I was getting a lot of information about their organization. It kind of drove them crazy. So they, as a counterattack, they set me up one year. But really, I probably set myself up as much. I called them up. I got this idea that they were taking Todd Pinkston. And Todd Pinkston's agent told me the Broncos were taking him. And I called up and Denver didn't deny it. And I could just feel like boy, it feels like Todd Pinkston. And so I, I wrote up this whole story about how Broncos done a lot of work on Todd Pinkston. He's a logical candidate where they're picking. I think they were picking 17 or 18 that year in the draft. And I followed the story in the newspaper because that's how it worked in the day, pre-social media. And I had a charitable event that night that I was emceeing in Denver. And the former Broncos owner, the late great Pat Bowen was there. And I see him there. And Pat was always a tremendous source for me, uh, somebody that would, uh, be happy to share information with me and uh, guide me so that I wouldn't embarrass myself. And I see Mr. Bowen there, and I go up to him, and I go, hey, draft tomorrow. Todd Pinkston, huh? And he goes, Todd Pinkston? I go, no. And he goes, no. And I go, oh, no. And so it was 9 o'clock at night on a Friday, and I ran to the payphone to call my newspaper to dictate a new story. I started making more calls, digging in. Who are they going to take? And I wound up following a story where the headline of the paper and the next day was Broncos focused in on Delta O'Neill, who they wound up taking in the first round. 
<laughs> and I, it was a scramble. I missed the function that night, missed the whole thing, but Pat Boland spared me from another future further embarrassment. Well, there you go. See? That's now that's a story. That's that's what I'm looking for. That you actually had info, you had to decide what to and listen, that what was that twenty years ago? I mean that was probably I mean there's no the internet was in its infancy, so that's old yeah. school. That's old school reporting, man. Correct. It was I mean and and, and pre cell phone. So literally I'm at an event at the downtown Marriott for I think it was the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame and I thought it was Todd Pinkston. He told me it wasn't Todd Pinkston. I'm like, who is it? He goes, I, you better still look. He goes, I think defense. And I called a couple of people and made a couple. I'm like, it's Delta O'Neill, it's Delta O'Neill. And I dictated <laughs> the story over the phone to my newspaper, and that was the story that ran the paper. And the Broncos, <laughs> number two, please, that I had their pick, splashed across the front page of the sports section in the morning. Wow. wow. So, so you and Carl Mecklenburg and whoever else, maybe Dan Reeves or somebody that's at this – you know, at the dinner, all of a sudden, Shefty is sweating bullets. He's got a new, a new, new story to report on. That's good, good stuff. Yeah. Well, again, I've got a lot of draft memories from covering that one one team. Like, oh man, I got great stories. I could tell you, I, I could uh, have some fun at, at Mike Shanahan's expense with him. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> all right, uh, we're still going to get the final word from you next Wednesday. So we'll let you get to work. Thanks for jumping in, and we'll talk to you on the eve. Yeah, I will give you the Bengals and Browns picks next Wednesday. Yes, please do. Thank you, sir, on our show. Shefty, be well. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week, guys. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. That's Shefty on the Bryant Heating Coin Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Yeah, there's, there's part of it. You know, listen, his job is to put the information out there once he gets it. And if he gets it, he's got to go with it. Because if yeah. he doesn't go with it and somebody else jumps him, you know, you'd rather be right than first, clearly. For sure. Um, in sports, it's not as big of a penalty, but it's a penalty in credibility. So I know that's why he plays it fairly close, Matty. But you know, and you just don't want to be wrong for whatever reason. And I've I've just said this on the air before. You can be right, and then the story can change, like yeah. it did for him. And then you can be right, and then the pick changes, like he said. So by him coming out and saying, now when San Francisco's on the clock, and he gets it. Within five minutes of them picking, you have reporters doing that all the time yeah. that, that have the card turned in. They know it. They tweet it out. And that's why, and you and I have discussed this on the program before, part of watching the draft is the mystery and the no suspense. Doubt. And even though you have Twitter up because you want to hear the takes and the opinions, I don't like seeing who the pick is on Twitter like a minute before. I, I, I've never, it kind of ruins it for me, the announcement when they're walking to the podium. I hear you, and I've learned my lesson. I haven't been on Twitter the last couple drafts because of that, because I, I, I don't know what they're getting out of it by tweeting it out first, and maybe that's what it is. You're just first so that, you know, you're doing In your job, know. I guess, but it, yeah. it takes away the mystery, because I'm with you. Like, that's what it's about, sitting there with Raj in his basement, figuring out what he's going to do. Like, I'm all in on that. So my phone will be kind of nowhere uh, near me come next Thursday because I just want yeah. that raw emotion, that raw feel like we had last year where Damon Arnett gets picked in the first round. Everybody's like, what? Like, nobody was yeah. expecting that. So love those moments. Fun part also is like game show. You're trying to predict it as well. Right. You don't want someone to give you the answer the minute before the, he walks to the podium. Right. Like part of it is you predicting it and being right or wrong. We'll come back a little more on Devontae and we'll examine whether he is, you know, they're – Every draft doesn't have to have a free-faller. 
but maybe he's on the precipice of being that guy. Rothman and Ice on the fan. The undisputed leader in talking about nothing. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. The hardest working show in the business, or at least at this station, in their time slot. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back in. Rothman and Ice, Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice Hayes. Glad you're with us. A lot of NFL as we zero in on the draft coming up next week. What are you going to do? Some are in the safe category. Some are in the aggressive category. Some are the ceiling, the floor. You know all the words that are thrown out. Sure. Ceiling Just, is the roof. Yeah. Well, the ceiling is the roof. That's right. That's right, MJ. It should be. Boy, you got torched for that. I don't get it. He's just trying to emphasize that you can break through the ceiling. That's what he was trying to do. Why did why did he get torched for that so badly? Oh my goodness, my goodness. That's hilarious! Why is the, what, the, the, the greatest athlete that's ever walked the earth? You know, just getting tortured. Right. He can get dunked on every once in a while. Uh, you he know, had, listen, he I had know. plenty of time. He to dunked dunk on everybody on people, else. Right? Yeah, man. Look, <laughs> the one time he drops the ball, you, we get to dunk on MJ. You got to do it. You may have just thrown out a new philosophy of life. The philosophizer, Matty Ice Hayes. <laughs> At one time in your life, everybody gets dunked on. Exactly, man. Even the, ba- even the guy that did the dunking, the best. Right. Exactly. Right? How's that for irony, right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. It's like they said in Wall Street, money's only something you need in case you don't die tomorrow. <laughs> um, all right, so, you know, I-, I thought this was a pretty good line, so I'll give credit um, by uh, Danny Hafitz, who-, who wrote for The Ringer. And he said that, uh, talking about Devontae Smith, can a dude who could fit J.J. Watt's pant leg around his midriff really make it in the NFL? And so there's thought about it. There's thought about you know one of the great college receivers of all time. We talked about it earlier, Devontae Smith, and teams shying away from big investments into players like him. Uh, does he have the body to absorb the NFL? We know what he has. We know he has the speed. We know he has the catching ability. We know he's smart. He can run routes. Like, everything about it sounds great. Um, the 5'10", under 180 guys don't go in the first round very often. They don't. Ted Ginn. But name me others. All right. Sub 180, 5'10", that go in the first round. We just had Henry Ruggs, yeah. I believe, right? Mm-hmm. That was one of the more recent guys go. Um, and I also don't remember all the receivers that were as talented as a Devontae Smith mm-hmm. in that kind of well, size window yeah. there, right? So, look, I, I get it. Like, I understand the pause, but, and I think it's absolutely yeah. justified to have that. I under, I get it. Ruggs a little bigger than Devontae. Not much, though. Not yeah, much. He's a slight well, guy. A little taller, a little heavier, but he's in the yeah. same. He's in that same. So that's a good, that's a, that's a good name. Um, listen, he's explosive. He's explosive, and I, this he may fit. The reason why we're talking about a guy who was listed at six one one seventy five by Bama, but is really six foot one sixty six, is because of this NFL. This is the kind of guy that can go into this NFL and survive, right? 
the way the rules have changed. It doesn't mean he can't get hit. It doesn't mean he can't get injured. It just means that a lot of defenders may think twice before, you know, coming in reckless on him. It, it happens. I mean, there are coaches that would silently tell you, I'll take the unsportsmanlike, I'll take the targeting mm. to get him off the field. Like, it's scary, but it's true, right? Sure. Let's keep it. We're not lying. There there are guys that, you know, listen to this. There's a game of chess. There's a game. I don't know if you ever played chess when you were a kid or or even now. Okay. You're willing to trade certain pieces to get an advantage. You're willing to sacrifice certain pieces in chess for the bigger win. And so when I see a guy listed six feet, 166, and who didn't want to be weighed, Durability is is fair here to discuss on whether he can absorb hits in the NFL over his lifetime if we're investing a first-round pick in him or a top-15 pick in him. So, you know, do you want him running? Where, he has to run all the it, routes. It, he has to. What I, and that kind of took be, the words out of my mouth. Exactly. Do we have to design it for him on how many of these crossing routes – Sure, where he where he rolled so where where did well for the tide, but you'll want him running next to you know next level linebackers and safeties. Yeah, no, I think that's all, everything. Uh, a lot of those things you have to take into account for sure. But I, I wouldn't let this push me away from the upside, mm-hmm. the ceiling that is Devontae Smith and what he could look like in two years when we put grown man weight on him and all of that stuff. Like that's that's where I'm viewing it. That's where I'll push my chips into the, to that table right there. Peter King got this from one mm-hmm. anonymous GM in the league. Quote: Devontae Smith is one of the best football players I've ever seen. I know he scares teams with his size, but his hands and presence and how smart he plays I think he'll have an incredible career so I think there's opinions all over the place when it Mm -hmm. comes to this guy and the fear for sure is there but to me that's football that's anybody whether you're 170 or whether you're 330 pounds all shapes and sizes we've seen Mm -hmm. guys get carted off doesn't matter what your weight is give me Devontae Smith in space cooking corners all day long I think that's what we'll see more so than him not on the field I think you said it correctly with the phrase, get him in space, he's a weapon, and I'm, I'm not saying there's controversy around his own height and weight. Now, he helped it. He magnified it a little bit by not wanting to, but that's, I guess, smart, you know, not you drawing know, attention I, to it instead of leaning into it. You know what I also thought, AR? Keep mm-hmm. pushing it back. Keep pushing your weigh-ins back. You know why? Because I'm stuffing meat Big Macs and Kaniacs down my throat for, until the draft. Like, honestly, like that may be part of it, too. I don't even know if he can put on weight. Who knows? <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, like, maybe the part of the delay was, hey, yeah. like, let me keep eating. Yeah. Let me keep lifting until I have to get weight. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Better in space. You said it. He's not as fast as Ruggsy. He's not as uh, maybe as creative as Jerry Judy was, but now – He's going to go into the pros. I think there's some overthinking going on. He's a problem. Maybe you're right. Maybe his talent's more of a problem than his weight. Yeah. All right. We'll put that to bed. We'll come back. Sports Center update. Joe Burrow. What's his confidence in what Cincinnati will do at five? Rothman and Ice on the fan. The offseason is a myth. Serving you 24 hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. Movie references you may not get, even if you saw the movie. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back. Second hour, Rothman and Ice. We've been paying attention, Timmy, on this show. He mentioned Steph Curry. We've been highlighting Steph over the last couple weeks. He's been out of his mind. It's silly. 
It's silly, AR. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. He can launch. <laughs> he can launch, Man. and there's there's not a lot like him. Changed and the game the, forever. He you know, did. it's it, it's interesting. Like Curry is already thirty. What is he? 34, 32, thirty-four. Thirty-two. Think thirty-two. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. He's he's. You know, he's kind of the baby-faced assassin, right? And I don't think of Steph Curry as a mid-thirties guy. Right. Um, he's not. I guess he's not mid-thirties yet, but he's close. Thirty-three. And I'm wondering if there are times. Like and maybe he's been asked this, and maybe you've you've heard it. Has he been asked? Is this the most in the zone you've ever been in oh, your life? Uh, like, uh, yeah. like athletes can go back through their minds and realize different different stretches of their athletic careers, and it, it could even be younger. It could be college. It could be high school. I don't know. It could be the pros. I'm just wondering if anybody's asked him, "Is this the craziest streak of shooting?" That you've ever gone on, it's, it's, and you're like, are you only getting better with age, which is kind of scary, right? I mean, oh my goodness, yeah, it, it really is. It's it really is scary. I mean, I think if you ask him that, his mind may go back to where he won, you know, unanimous MVP. But here are your three point percentages for Steph Curry mm-hmm. over the last hand, couple handful of games: fifty eight, fifty eight, thirty, sixty eight. 55, 53, 38, 50, mm. 25, 45. I mean, it's a joke what's going on right now. And I watched the game the other day against Philadelphia, one of the best teams in the East, number one team in the East, and he goes 10 of 17, mm-hmm. a 58% mm-hmm. shooting. It, yeah. It's it's unreal. And that's why I said, like, he changed not only the NBA, yeah. but he changed the sport of basketball forever. Like, this one guy. Like, I know we've had shooters throughout the history of the league that were really good. But you talking about having a guard or dude as soon as they cross half court, he changed the game completely. Because kids now, from the AAU level on yeah. up, are shooting threes from everywhere because of number 30. It's nuts. Yeah, it's driving coaches crazy everywhere. <laughs> There's only one of those dudes. Oh, Stop man. shooting. Like, most of the time, and the phrase has been ta- you know, tossed around in basketball for years, you'll give him that shot. We'll give you that shot. Like, that's the one we'll give you. With him, you can't. Not but. Anymore. So what is his career three-point percentage? Oh, Do you my know? Goodness. That is an absolutely great mm. question that I, I need to find for you. If I had to guess, mm. that thing's got to be mid-30s. Like, it has to be Oh, I would think higher than that. For his, yeah, I would, too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. For, his, for his career. I guess what I'm asking you is, do you think when he retires, he'll own the best three-point percentage shooter in the history of... The game where when the three pointer existed, per- percentage and, maybe and, not. And is he going to break his coach's record? Oh, Stevie, Stevie Kerr. Well, doesn't Steve own the record? I got to look that stuff off the top of my head. Yeah. I, I got to refresh on that. But Steph's forty three percent for his okay. entire career. Entire career okay. from three. It's a joke. Yeah, that's a joke. that's. And here is the other it's thing: got to be a top five that the other guys yeah. didn't have. Mm-hmm. It's the amount of attempts. Well, it's true. I mean. Going all, right. all the way back to 2012, he's at least seven attempts a game and shooting 43%. All those guys in the 80s and 90s are throwing up two to three max, the sharpshooters back then. Like, that that wasn't the game back then. But now he's so efficient with almost eight attempts a game. Mm-hmm. It's silly. He's He averages eight and a half per game in his career. He's shooting yeah. at 43%. It's nuts. Yeah. Never seen this anything like this before. Yeah, and he's you know Steve, you know who obviously I got to see a lot in Chicago. Um, 
Great spot up shooter, great spot up three. What makes Steph so dangerous and so amazing is the fact that he's so athletic in his shot that he doesn't need anything. He doesn't need room. He's so, well, he needs room, but he's so quick to create a sliver of space, which is all he needs. His quickness and his ability to jump in and jump back with handles is what makes him so special. He's not a spot-up three guy. You said it. Comes over half court, creates for himself, and if you give him that shot, he's going to take it, and as you said, a lot of times he's going to make it. It's different than what you saw out of, like, the Leglers of the world and, like, Steve Kerr and the guy, uh, Corver, guys like that, guys, that, B.J. Armstrong, guys that could really shoot the three. Um, what makes him special is he has you on a yo-yo, and then he just jumps back and, and launches, and it's yeah, the release. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's what's so cool about him in my mind. Yeah, for sure. And you talk about his ability to move without the rock, too. Like, that's right. what I love when you watch this guy. Like, tune in to a Steph Curry game if you haven't recently, man. Cause you don't want to miss this. This is historical stuff. Like, this is why he is being labeled as the best shooter to ever play sure. in the NBA. And it's not up for debate, but it's absolutely the, the cutting without the basketball, his shot in the mid range. Like, he's a complete player, man. And to do it this year without the loaded teams that he's had over the last couple years is really what's impressive. To me, because when you have maybe arguably the best NBA team ever assembled with Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and even without that, you got Clay and Draymond and Iguodala and Livingston, so much talent around this dude to do it this year with a team that without Steph would be a lottery team. That really solidifies everything we've been seeing for the last half decade plus. All right, I just went in and looked up my boy Steve Kerr. He had two seasons, one in Cleveland where he was 50.7 from three, and he was 52.4 in Chicago in that 94-95 season from three-point range. So he had two seasons, maybe three, but the 52.4, and let's look up Steph Curry and just see if if his best matches up with Steve Kerr's three-point percentage. So here's Steph. So Steph's never been over 50. He's been at 45.5%. So Kerr actually has a better percentage from three and and better and a better one-time season. But he's just not ju- the player that Steph is. He's not the player. He's, he's not. He's, no, no, no. We're only talking about this from a shooting standpoint, right? He's We're not, not the talk- shooter either. That no, no. Steph is. He's not. It's just he's not. Like how many attempts was he getting up those years? Probably like three or four. If I had to guess. Like it can't be that. Oh much. no, no. Yeah, that's I think. What do you mean three or four? Me. You mean per game? You mean yeah, attempts per oh, okay. game. That's what I'm curious because yeah. that to me would be the separator. Yeah, like, you I can throw have- up those high percentages if you're not yeah, throwing yeah. up a whole bunch of the heat. That's eight and a half a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's not even well, they're not even in the neighborhood. You're right. They're not even in the neighborhood. They're not even close in that regard. Yeah. The um, but I'm just, I'm just looking at something that maybe Steph can shoot for here. See if we can get him. But you're right. Th- that amount of attempts, the fact he could be in the mid 40s with those att- is crazy. Yeah. I agree. And who knows? Like guys like like here's the thing. Like guys like Steve Kerr and Mullins and all those guys, mm. they just time their careers up wrong. That's all it is. Cuz a guy like Steve Kerr 
we know that those guys can shoot the the rock well. It just wasn't the league at the time. Mm-hmm. So you get a Steve Kerr, a Mullins, you drop them into the where the league is now. Would I be surprised mm-hmm. if they get six to seven attempts a game and still racked up a similar percentage? Absolutely not. It's just the timing of it for them was bad and where their games were because those dudes would have made a ton of money in the mm-hmm. league if the game was shifted has shifted the way it has now. It's crazy, man. But that's it. It's just. It's such a pure shot that the mm-hmm. dudes got. And going back to Davidson, him with the ankle injuries and all that, and to turn himself into the player that he is now and how he's changed the sport forever, the impact, I don't know if we'll ever see it again. It's like I don't know if we've seen an impact like this from any guy in any sport recently to where one specific thing that he does has changed the sport. Like I don't know if we've seen that guy in any sport recently. Yeah. Oh, he has. He's, he's transformed it. And he is just an entertainer when it comes to basketball. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to see. This dude shoot the ball from everywhere, and he is, he is unbelievable. When we come back, Joe Burrow, we'll talk about his situation. Do you remember not that long ago where people were telling Joe Burrow refuse to go to Cincinnati? <laughs> it wasn't that long ago where that was being thrown out. <laughs> the narrative certainly has changed, and he certainly has embraced it. Are they on their way? And is this pick critical? Rothman and Ice on the fan. The only workplace in America to participate in the doorknob fart game. And we also play office basketball and sometimes do radio. The fan, Ohio sports destination. A former country club tennis pro and a high school baseball player. Don't be too impressed. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Rothman and Ice here on the fan. Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice Hayes. As we thaw out from the winter and hope for spring. Still hoping. <laughs> it's slow coming. roll into spring. Yeah. Uh, we got a draft next week to talk about, so it is football weather. We might as well continue it. There was talk not that long ago, um, well, I guess a year ago, that Joe Burrow should refuse to play for Cincinnati. Pull an Eli Manning. Hmm. Don't do it. Yep, you're an Ohio boy, but don't go rescue a franchise that has no commitment to winning. And I'm not talking about winning a game or games. I'm talking about winning a Super Bowl. Why we're in it. This guy threw 60 touchdown passes in 2019. It was an FBS record. I wasn't having a complete problem with people throwing it out there. Now, He was dancing around it until he was forced to come out and squash it. Where Joe was saying, well, first of all, it started with Carson Palmer, did it not? It was he's either, the, was it Carson or is Jordan? No, no, the, Jordan was working with, with okay. Because that's what I was going to say. I know his brother works with quarterbacks. I can't remember which Palmer it no. was, but okay, it was okay. Yeah, it was Carson who was like, "Why would you go there?" They're not dedicated in winning, to winning a Lombardi. Yeah. Now, the, the irony was that I think Jordan was working with him, right. which is weird. And, and we know like Carson Palmer quit. He was, he was done with Cincinnati. He quit on them, and it was done. And Mike Brown, has, he can't hide from this. He's a businessman. I'm in, I'm in it to make money. I'm in to be profitable. Let's spend less, make more, and still put a team on the field. I had no problem with people talking about it. I just didn't think it could be orchestrated that well. And Joe Burrow has the most passing yards in a season in SEC history. Mm. 
SEC history. Yeah, that boy good. I mean, he certainly was. Which quarterback was second in that? Most passing yards in, in a season in SEC history. Oh. Most in SEC history. Second most in a season. Recently? Yeah. Um, boy. That's right. That's right. Can't be Tebow. Can't be Tebow. No. Um. Wow. And it's not really a trick question. Yeah. But I know why you're. I know why you're. No, I know why your mind's not going there. Because you don't think he's going to be good. Is it Mac Jones? It's the Mac Dad. <laughs> okay. Forty-five hundred. It's not. That, it's not that I don't think Mac Jones is going to be good. I just think he'll be a middle of the pack. Guy. I know. I, I know. I get. I get. It. I get it. I right. Exactly. Right. Your mind wouldn't take you there. So we get into the situation with Burrow now, and him saying that, you know. I'll play which I'll play if if they select me I'll play their kind of thing and and there was like boy you're an Ohio kid you know Cincinnati's going to take you right. like and and everyone wanted to push him into committee and then he finally did he finally had to say you know this stuff about me not wanting to play there is not true I'm going to be dedicated I'm going to want to win and here they are and now they have the fifth pick he's coming off of an injury we didn't even you know I thought it was kind of actually real when they did the the uh pictures for the new unis and he's got that that football pant pulled up right over the knee and you see that scar yeah on how long that is and how much they had to open him up and now here he comes back and so your faith in the organization maddie from one to ten now dedication into winning a super bowl is what number boy man it's hard for me to get close to 10 just based off the history of the organization like that that's it. It's not I believe in some of the players that they have and obviously I believe in the quarterback that they have, but the Bengals haven't shown me anything throughout their history that makes me feel like they're absolutely all in on making the best product that they can. Like haven't seen that. We praised them last offseason for going out and spending a, a nice little chunk of change on defense and things like that. So on a 1 to 10 scale, me trusting the Bengals mm-hmm. to really get this thing kicked in the right direction consistently, I'm at like a five and a half right now, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Yeah, I would I would tilt him over the middle part, and I know that Mike Brown threw out there. Remember when he? By the way, do you remember like a few years ago when he wrote that letter to their season ticket holders, <laughs> like basically pledging to them, "We are going to win again. We are going to win a Super Bowl." Yeah, owners in, owners at Ohio writing letters to their fans. There's a big yeah. history of that. Right, right, sure. right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's they they've tried to restore faith and I think that Burrow should give them that feel. And Mike Brown I I have a lean now that he's getting a little taste of the glory years again. Like I think he thinks they can be good again. And when you get a glimpse of that and you kind of roll back the clock, you know, to the early 80s, mm. um when the glory years for them for and really right yeah right exactly <laughs> can a brother get a ride back to the 80s <laughs> one trip there's a yeah a one-way trip yeah, not round trip one just way. i'll stay right, right. i'm going well, i'll get you. older but i'll stay i'm going uh, yeah I'm come going on with dude come on with <laughs> man. It, it'd be fantastic oh, i'd man, love real. to squire you around the 80s oh, man. um don't worry i won't get, let you get into too much trouble um but it'd be so liberating 
you know, for you, I think. Outfits, no social media, the outfits. Yes, everything. Like, just, just the Man, whole deal. Prices, gas prices, right. everything. It's yeah, yeah. But eventually, you know, cash hand over fist. Sure. There's, uh, so there, there's been a ton of criticism about, you know, Mike Brown and the Bengals, and rightfully so. Yeah. And there, there hasn't been a lot of positivity. And he threw out that, that letter to their fans a few years ago, and now he's got Burrow, and now he's got some weapons. he, he got to strengthen the offensive line. Um, so I think Joe feels the energy around it. I, I think that when you get a guy like Joe Burrow in your organization, a guy who's that competitive, who's been that successful, and you've seen what he can do right from the start, and you realize you may have found one of the next great quarterbacks in the NFL, how can you not be excited as an owner? How can you not invest right. in the product? Right. We're going to find out here over the next season or two, right, how they really feel about being one of the best teams in the league because this is going to be their window. If you're a believer, like a lot of people are, myself mm -hmm. included, in Joe Burrow being the truth, I think he absolutely is that guy. I think he's like that for sure. So when you talk about these guys like Joe Burrow at the most important position and you're not having to pay him 35 to $40 million just yet, you got some cash to play around with. And they've made a couple – look, they've done some things over the last uh, off-seasons. I like their off-season last year mm -hmm. more so than the one that they just had. But they know what Joe Burrow is. I think we all know what Joe Burrow is and can be. So this is the time. Like, even if it's not this year, right? You get in this year, hopefully you go out and you keep chipping away and keep crawling mm -hmm. towards some good things. You come out of this year with – a handful of wins or more than a handful of wins or whatever it is, then you go get it. I think that's what it's got to be about. So we're going to find out what Mike Brown really is about, I think, in the next couple of seasons. Because if you could, if you get another year with the good flashes that we've, we saw from Joe Burrow, if I'm a Bengals fan, the following offseason coming up, I want them to go all in with the entire team yeah. to make us the best team we can before we start having to strip that away because we got to pay Joey B a ton of cash. Yeah. And that's why you may have me. I don't think you had to convince me about Sewell, but I was always putting on what if Sewell's gone, then what do you do? I've always was, was prefacing it that way. But the foundation of that team, and now that they have their quarterback, the idea is to build a wall around him. And I know it's going to be really tough to pass. If, if Pitts is there at five, I mean, if he is there, oh, man. It, it, it's. I mean, he and Chase. This is going to be so tempting, but I understand where need and want have to be separated. Yeah. And right yeah. now, Cincinnati fans should feel fairly excited. Um, I know that the sexy pick is there to reunite him with Chase. Uh, I think he's backed off that now, Joe. I, I think that – and I, I'm not saying he was declaring anything, but I think he kind of was like, hey, I'm – didn't he say something recently about how... Well, I'll, I'll hit you with those yeah. quotes coming okay. back. Because I know right. recently he did speak in, on Bengals.com. They have some quotes about the draft and how he feels about his head coach and Zach Taylor, too. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk about that. Stefanski, what's going on? Pressure on the Brownies. This division could get really fun in Ohio very soon. Rothman and Ice on the fan. All Buckeyes. All Buckeyes. All the time. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. Your flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination. They both like to go to raves with the Bosa Brothers. Here's Rothman and Ice. Alright, welcome back in. Rothman and Ice. Ice is slowly melting, which is a good thing. 
Cleveland Browns trying to heat up their offseason. Everybody likes their acquisitions. Beefing up that defense. And Coach Stefanski with the pressure on now trying to not only win a playoff game because now they've done it. Now they have to win multiple playoff games. So mm. How you like now, that, CB? Multiple. Now, that's right. Oh, that's out there. I'm with you. Anything, anything short of uh, a playoff berth itself yeah. is that's a problem. Is a problem. Yeah. You know. And then, then we look at the matchups and everything else, and and how things go. You know, you can't give every answer right away because you just don't know. But yeah, no, they're they're for real. They're for real. They know. Yeah. They've proven it to this point. And here's Stefanski. Let's hear some of him about. Let's start with how he plans to develop his quarterback during the virtual program. I think Baker is somebody that constantly wants to get better. Uh, and I think uh, Alex Van Pelt has a really, really strong plan in, in how we're going to attack that with Baker in particular. Uh, but I, I can also tell you I got however many 70-plus improvement plans on my desk for each player. 70-plus. <laughs> yeah, man. Whole roster. Let's Everybody got going, one to man. Do. Everybody. That's right. <laughs> that, real world stuff, man. Yeah, man. It's like your annual review. <laughs> oh, my oh. goodness. No, I mean, to hear that, I don't think surprising, but we talked a lot last year about the relationship, the football relationship mm-hmm. between Baker and Stefanskin. You could just see it playing out week after week, and then we got to – the latter portion there of the schedule and Baker was rolling. The mm-hmm. offense was cooking and that's all you want to see is that roll over into this season. And I have a strong belief that we will see that because I think what Stefanski wants to do with his quarterback, I think it works so well with Baker's skill set. Yeah. We talked a ton about play action. We talked a ton about moving the pocket and getting Baker out of there so he gets a cleaner view since he isn't the tallest guy in the pocket. We've seen Baker get balls batted down at the line and that's no surprise but I just think Stefanski did such a good job last year blending all of that into an offense that was really strong with the running game, but when you had to go to those passing situations, I I thought Stefanski did a really good job of getting Baker into some sweet spots. Dude, Stefanski got Case Keenum four quarters away. There you go. With my Vikes. He did. And and if, if we're throwing out the question today, because this is the question I like to throw out, and I think a lot of people do when it comes to quarterbacks that aren't ready-made, aren't sure things. The question we always throw out is, can you win a Super Bowl with this guy? Mm-hmm. The answer now is yes. Yeah, I think Baker has answered enough questions to make it safe for me to say, you can win a Super Bowl with him. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going as far as saying you're going to win a Super Bowl because of him. Sure. But you can win one with him. You got to be at a certain level to do that. I agree. I mean, let's think about what the what the uh, so the Rams. If Jared Goff makes a couple more throws against the Pats, they beat him. How about Jimmy G? If, if Garoppolo right hits Sanders on the fly, they they upset Patty Mahomes. Uh, Foles beat Brady. I, you know, I mean, come on. It's, this can be done. No doubt. And they're no doubt. And, and Andrew Barry, is, they're assembling a team around him. And now you feel like, okay, you've answered the coaching question. You feel like he's the right guy, the culture, the right guy for that quarterback to match him up. And, you know, he's just the right guy. I mean, we've had – Matt Ryan should have one. He doesn't. 
Um, Kaepernick got close. You know, there have been dudes that we don't look at as Hall of Famers that can win Super Bowls. Yeah. So I think they're in a really good spot with him. It doesn't mean that Baker doesn't have areas improving. He does. But my goodness, the weapons are there. The running game is there. The line is there. The defense is coming along. Like they're going to have a first round pick here. Yeah. Like it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a like. it's a gettable division. <laughs> like you and I talked about the divisions the other day about you know what divisions kind of scared us. AFC North is that's not scaring anybody anymore. Not for Cleveland. Like we're not handing this to Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Of course not. anymore. I mean, you look at uh, what, what are we thinking? Maybe the NFC West. There's a Tough loaded division. division. Yeah. I mean, yeah, think that, about the quarterbacks in there now. And not San Francisco will have a rookie quarterback, but Russ, Stafford, Murray, yeah. Yeah. Um, legit, Breeze yeah. is gone. Brady will still have the South. Carolina, Carolina's looking Darnold. for a quarterback. Eh, Matt, right. Matt Ryan's aging. Yep. Uh, Rodgers is the guy, the king of the North. Vikings every now and then. Bears certainly. I mean, you're talking about 500 football teams comparing Correct. to Green Bay. It's like, the wait, a- come on. It's, it's the yeah. AFC North and the NFC West, probably the most yep. stacked divisions. Right now, like we'll see what's going on with New England, how they bounce back. Miami's been cranking it up here recently over the last couple of years, so they're no pushover at all anymore. But you got the the Jets in that division, and so yeah, the AFC North and NFC West, it's going to be on and popping in both of those divisions, but mainly for Cleveland because now they got a target on their back, right? Even when you exit mm-hmm. the AFC North, and other teams seeing the Brownies on that schedule, right. they're getting up for that. Their fans are excited to see the Browns come into town, so there's a lot of juice that's involved. Mm-hmm. With them and just because uh, yeah. here's the thing, going back to Stefanski and Baker, like I'm all in on that, and absolutely, I love that marriage there for sure. But we could show them love, but I think on the on the other side of this thing, I think it's on both of those guys to figure out the Odell thing, and mainly Baker because that's it. Like that to me is the piece that's going to put them over the top and that's going to put them in a comfortable space for me to say okay they can go into arrowhead and probably get this thing done they have to figure that out because he's too good of a player to have this problem i don't even know if it's a problem to have this kind of thing lingering over the browns of well when odell's in it doesn't mm-hmm. work well and when odell's <laughs> out it works well he's too good man because like that's the ultimate you know, is he going to come back to haunt me? You see Odell suiting it up for somebody else. Like, you don't want that. You want that talent there in the building. They got an unbelievable running game. We all know that. But you, to me, you have a superstar wide receiver. Stefanski and Baker have to get this thing done this spring and this summer going into the fall. Because if they get that clicking, oh, man, then you're really talking about pick your poison with mm-hmm. this offense. Yeah, I think it's a, a fun conversation to have about Odell Beckham. And I, I don't think it's this just cut and dried, you know, are you better with him or are you better without him? I, I think there's a real story in there. When you have a young quarterback and you're coming along and you have a superstar diva wide receiver, you just feel compelled to force feed it. it. It doesn't mean you don't want him. It doesn't mean you're not better. You are better. But everyone's got to be on the same page. It's still a team game. I know you want to give your guy, quote, touches. Get him involved. Always hear that phrase. Got to get him involved early. Like, I'm just here to tell you that Mayfield is getting better in front of our eyes. Now, he needed a running game. He, he needed a team around him like a lot of good quarterbacks do. But he's, he's transformed himself a little bit. 
Like he's now reading a little better. He's not panicking. He's not getting happy feet. He's he's figuring things out on the fly. But you're right. You got to do it now. Yeah. Like this, this is, is the, the jump. This is the one where you feel you you got a winning window. Are they going to dedicate to me? But he's uh you know he's not turning it over as much. Uh, like he's he's evolving as a quarterback. This is what happens. It doesn't mean. You know, I think we're just stuck in this world of you have to be ready-made. You have to come in. And, you know, what I didn't bring up when we were talking about Burrow and, you know, would you want to go there and, and the organizational perception. No one's saying that about Jacksonville. No one said, I, I never heard, well, Trevor Lawrence, he's, he's a lock number one. What? He should refuse to go to Jacksonville. No one's saying that. Why aren't they saying it about them? Because well, there's not the same feeling that their owner isn't dedicated to winning a Super Bowl. Look who also, we just hired as his head coach and paid. Yeah. He took a risk. He took a right. gamble. He took yeah. a, one of the most successful college coaches ever and mm-hmm. said, you're my guy. Yeah. I want that competitive juice. I want a guy like Urban Meyer putting a staff because he can identify great football coaches. He can identify quarterbacks, and he's a winner. And that's what I want. I don't want to just compete. I want to win. Yeah. And so when was the last time um, I'm trying I think to the, think of... I, I think the perception of the organizations is different because we just right. watched Jacksonville a couple years ago playing an AFC championship game. And they have been right. competitive more recently in, in our minds. So Correct. it's not this long, drawn-out history of just very bad play and then everybody's making fun of all the quarterbacks Cleveland's mm-hmm. throwing out there. And you're rotating head coaches year in and year out, it feels like. And there's just all this just kind of dysfunction going on. Like Jacksonville more recently has been a little bit more competent than what Cleveland has been. But that has changed. And we talked about it when you got a guy like J.J. Watt really considering coming up to to Cleveland at this point in your in his career, you're now a destination. You have everything in line. Like this is one of the more stacked teams in all of football. So now to me, like that's the biggest thing coming into the year is how are they going to manage the Odell Beckham situation X and O wise? Because in 2019, he got you a thousand mm-hmm. yards. You targeted him over 130 times. So it can be done with Baker. It absolutely can be done. But I think that's just the missing piece. Uh, to me, that is yep. it. Because if they get him cooking with that running game, Browns are scary sight, man. That's yeah. not a problem you want to deal with. No, no. It's not. And it's not, teams go through this. I mean, Jalen Ramsey wanted out of Jacksonville, right? Yep. Yeah. He didn't he didn't like his time there. He didn't like the way he was portrayed. He oh, uh yeah, the culture stuff with Coughlin right. and all that. Right, <laughs> of course. But no one's saying that Lawrence shouldn't want to go there. Like they were saying about Burrow in Cincinnati. It's more of like we can deal with the circus as long as the circus wants to win. Yeah. Like it's it's uh, it's just weird when it comes to that. But anyway, here we are, and I agree with you. The Browns are are ready to go, ready to go, ready to make another move, and in a single elimination, a non-series playoff, anything's possible when you're good. Yeah, it's you so, don't have to be you don't have to be great. I agree to win in the playoffs if you can be really good that day. And they almost were to beat Kansas City, and they almost got the break of the of the playoffs, which is Mahomes getting injured. Just couldn't take advantage of it. And it's so rare to me when you have a roster like this in the league because you want to cash mm-hmm. in. Because if we get four to five years from now and some of these guys are in other places because you can't pay them or whatever it is, we'll be talking about that window of 2018, 19, 20, and 21 of mm-hmm. – 
What did the Browns really do with one of the best rosters in the league? Mm-hmm. Now the pressure's on. They got the tools to do it, but there's a target on your back, and you got to start really chipping off some work in, in the playoffs. So we'll see how they handle it. But, man, that roster is for real. Remember when Joseph Lenardo, Lenardi, Jerry DiNardo, and Joe Lenardi combined? Remember when Joe Lenardi predicted Oral Roberts beat Ohio State? Yeah. Got it right. Got it right. Well, he's back, and he's projecting Ohio State in the next tournament. Not how far they will they will go, but what's their seed? He's got this already? <laughs> Man, Put give me the lottery up. numbers, Joey. Rothman and Ice on the fan. If it's Buckeye football you crave, you come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Rothman and Ice present... Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Don't go through another air conditioner breakdown. For fast, friendly service, call the experts at Logan Services now for a free estimate and next day air installation. All right, Buckeye Bolton time. Uh, Let's hit you with Joe Lenardi's 2022 because we can't just relax on that yet. Got to put out the bracket. Uh, he's got the Buckeyes as a two seed again. Mm. So I guess he's basing this on the return of EJ Liddell, Dwayne Washington. Certainly the situation that they were in last year, where, as CB informed me, that I think he had them as a kind of a five middle of the road at this point last year from the previous preview. So, here we go. Buckeyes will be right in there. He says on the two-seed line, he's got Michigan, Purdue, other Big Ten teams he has in the field. He's got Maryland as a three, Michigan State four. He's got Indiana getting back into the dance as a seven. Illini taking a big step back as an eight. Uh, He's got the conference still being fairly competitive, fairly deep. So, based on this... The Buckeyes would be the top Big Ten seed in the tournament, I guess, with Michigan. Yeah. Oh, and maybe Purdue. Did I? Are they a two? You said Purdue. Okay. I thought you said Purdue. Yeah. Uh, no. Th- look, I don't think this is a surprise. You know, I think coming off of the season you just had him, but I think you had two, you know, key pieces there, and Dwayne, and obviously EJ needing to come back to make you feel even better about that. But yeah, I mean, you, you talk about those two guys and. Maybe the development mm-hmm. of a Zed Key. Obviously, the veteran presence of Kyle Young will still be around, but some of the other Wheeler. guys that, yeah, that right, that weren't named Washington and Liddell. What are they going to do throughout yep. the summer to expand their bag and come back as better players? Because it's on them too. I think we know what Dwayne and EJ are going to mm-hmm. look like, but that's the key to a successful squad: is the other guys that contribute and play ten minutes a night or fifteen minutes a night or whatever it is. Like when it's your time to shine, are you ready to be a big time contributor? So, like it, it, it's one of my favorite sayings in sports: is be a star in your role, be a star player in your role. Not everybody can be Dwayne and EJ and Rack up 15 to 20 a night but for Ohio State to get to a final four I think the ancillary pieces around those two got to come back as better players we know that they have it in them but they got to take that step if they're going to be one of the big dogs next year Boy, life coach Matty Ice Hayes I you think like you that? need to br- I think you need to bring that to all walks of life every job be a star in your role be a star in your role that's it exceed go the extra mile right. I think they could be a top five team preview this season you know why I say that 
because I don't know where they're going to have. Because I think you guys told me that Johnny Juzang is not Eagle. coming back to UCLA. You called that. Like, well, he's he keeping did. his eligibility yeah. for now. There okay. it is. Yeah, that's right. what I was well, going to say. He, he left it open to come back. Boy, Tiger but, Campbell, him, Hawkes, Smith, Riley. Like, if they get them all back, y'all back. If they get them all back. Now, who's back for the Zags? I think my boy Nemhard's back. Timmy? Timmy? Nothing official yet. Okay. Well, we got to wait on him, too. Imagine if he goes and Juzang goes. What's going on with Purdue? Ivy's back. Travion's back, right? Should he be. entered, but he's keeping the okay. eligibility open. St- Stefanovic is back? I believe so. Okay. So if they come back, but Juzang and Timmy go, Ohio State would be a locked top five preseason, right? Close? Yeah. Look, they're going to be highly ranked. Yeah. It'll be. I think it'll be close. I think it'll, yeah. it'll absolutely... Be close for sure, and I know the Zag just picked up a huge recruit they there. They did, but, I mean, yeah. My goodness, I mean, Mick Cronin couldn't ask for Number better one. timing based off when he did that. What they did in the dance and being able to recruit at UCLA, I think he'll be just fine. But Ohio State, uh, I think they're going to be right there in the thick of everything next year. Chris Holtman and mm-hmm. his squad, man, I think they, they they're going to build off the momentum from this past season. I think Bama's going to be good again. Aren't their guys coming back? Uh... CB isn't Quinn Early and Shackelford and for the most I've seen so back. far, yes, yeah, I think those guys. I think Florida State's going to be decent again. Yeah, they've been. Uh, ba- by the way, Baylor should be competitive again. Flagler will be there, I think. Uh, now, the fun part about college basketball will be what's going to happen with like Duke and 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 teams that were not in Kentucky and teams that were not. Impactful. Yeah. When are the, when are they? Sparty is Sparty going to rebound and be a top twenty? We'll find out. No doubt, man. Uh, all right, that is a nice little Buckeye Bolton. We really got into that. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive into Justin Fields when we come back. There is new. There's some information um, from a something he may be dealing with off the field that hasn't affected him yet, but might be coming to the surface. We'll tell you about that. And there's a report on maybe one team that is definitely eyeing him. And then, of course, we'll have Torts Hockey and Hounds in our final hour as well. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and Ice feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive. Sponsored by United Dairy Farmers. Miss filling up before gas prices went up? Get UDF slow price lock with U-Drive. All right, welcome back in. Third hour, Rothman and Ice. Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice Hayes, CB in his saddle. Uh, we'll have Torts, bottom of the hour from T-Bay. Talk about the uh, the outlook of the season. We know what that is. Just on where they are, evaluating stuff and trying to navigate the final eight games of the year and getting the most out of them. I, I think it'll be classic Torts, and I think that his passion will bleed through the radio as it always does. So tune in at two thirty. Uh, so you heard Timmy mention in the update about the Justin Fields situation. CB, can you read me if you have it in front of you exactly what the tweet was for me and Rappaport? Yeah, give me one quick second. Yeah. I can All right, find take it. Take your time. Um, I'm not going to play doctor, and I don't think you are either. Um, as far as epilepsy goes, um, I, I I would be curious to know if this is a a lifelong treatment to control, you know, potential seizures. Um, I, I have they did he ever have any? Have they gone away? Will they eventually go away? 
Um, is he seizure free? Um, you know, who knows? I don't know what uh, he's dealing with, and but it's possible that um, this is something that he has managed and will continue to manage, and that won't be as scary as maybe it sounds. Okay, what did it say? Okay, so it says OSU quarterback Justin Fields has confirmed to NFL teams during the pre-draft process that he's managing epilepsy. Okay. Uh, he's he confirmed sources tell him uh, it has not affected football, and doctors believe mm-hmm. he will outgrow it as his other family members have. Okay, there you go. Then it'll eventually go away. Um, it's. Do I know that it's common? I don't. I think it's. I, I've, we've all heard of it. We all know it's a neurological disorder, and it can affect anyone. And the seizures can be unpredictable. It doesn't sound like he, it's caused any other health problems. It doesn't sound like um, he's that concerned about it. I think that it'd be stupid to speculate on it because I don't understand it myself, and there'd be plenty of misunderstandings of epilepsy and the challenges that he faces on a daily basis. I wouldn't know, but maybe that's even worse than a seizure itself. But uh, it's a neurological thing. It's from the brain. And and whether this is a chronic thing that he's dealt with but will eventually go away is great news, Matty. But that is something eight days before the draft uh, to have that out there is incredibly interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it's part of the process, right? Like we, we've seen guys, you know, go through these medical checks and a couple of different medical checks leading up to the draft. And we've seen things pop up to where maybe guys weren't aware of certain things going on. And we've seen it affect draft status and all of that. So when you get information like this, obviously you just wish him well with the health and, and all of that. That's the most important thing. But to hear um, from a different perspective that this is something he'll grow out of, I think it is the, it is the biggest part to me. And I think what will give teams comfort when it comes to taking this guy. So uh, we know what he's about at quarterback. It's just all this other stuff that we find out about these prospects leading up to the draft is always interesting to me because there's always this, maybe not every year, but we'll see around draft season where health things come up about a potential mm-hmm. first-round pick and how teams go about managing that leading up to the draft is definitely a tough thing. So I'm sure the team doctors and everyone involved that wants to you know get their hands on Justin Fields will do everything they can to get the most information out there, but at least there's someone out there on the record that, that said that this is something he'll grow out of, which I think will be a comforting thing. Yeah. All right. Now on to the draft process itself and where he will go. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was supposed to be the next big leader in San Francisco. He's had some health concerns. He's had some injury stuff. And clearly, and this is a fact, that has worried the Niners enough to do what they did. Trade into the third spot to find his replacement eventually. And so are they going to go up and get Justin Fields? Is that what they went to do? Or is it Mac Jones and his, quote, pinpoint accuracy and mm. um, the rest of, of what mm. makes him go? <laughs> I don't know, I'm not making fun of him. I, I think great year. He's put himself in a good position here. I think Mac Jones is going to be a top 15 quarterback in this draft. And... But the athleticism, the leadership, the arm, the ability, the ceiling, to me and you as well, that that Justin Fields offers a ceiling at that position that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't or doesn't. Right. 
And so now he'll need seasoning. He'll need to go into the pros and, and earn it. But he's going to have a great team around him if he does. And so, and it's not to take away the stuff that he struggled with this year. You know, he had difficulty, difficulties against the IU defense in that blitz. He had some difficulties trying to look the part against Northwestern of all teams, you know, who we knew had a good defense. But you look at his career numbers, you look at his 68% completion, you look at his over 5,000 yards, you look at the 63 touchdowns, the nine picks, mm. you look at the 22 wins in 24 games. Keep going. Like, yeah, Keep well, going. Exactly. I've, I've committed these to memory. Um, and he, his ability. And then with Shanahan, who has helped these quarterbacks, unlike him, the Matt Ryans, the, you Kirk know. Cousins. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Garoppolo. Those By dudes. the way, get to a Super Bowl. That's it. So when you're Shanahan and you're thinking, I've got there with these guys, do I need that guy to just get him over the top, or do I need someone to burst through the ceiling, the glass mm-hmm. ceiling? And that may be Fields. Now, we say all that to get to this. Todd McShay is paid to give his opinion, and when people ask, hey, of these quarterbacks, which one may be, um, how should I put this, the from safe to risky as far as selection and where they could slide and move in the draft, here's what he had to say. I think Justin Fields will, will be the guy that falls. I really do. I'm just whether you like it or not, just talking to people inside the league. He's so physically gifted, but he has developing to do. And if, if a, one of these five quarterbacks start to fall, I think it's, it's going to be Justin Fields from Ohio State. And I think New England at 15, Chicago at 20, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh sitting there you know, later in the first at, um, at, at 24 overall. I think all, all those teams would then be interested. Hmm. He just brought 24 into play. I, I can't – I mean, that's as low of a floor as I've heard for Justin Fields. Yeah. Although, where did where did, where did, uh, where did Casserly have him? I can't remember. He had him okay. going to Pittsburgh. Oh, he did have him at 24. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 24, okay? Okay. okay. Um, I'm, I'm, not mad at, I'm not mad at McShay for saying this, but it has a hint of the Orlovsky stuff without the off the field. It has a hint of the people that I've talked to – it has a hint of, well, who are these people and what's their motivation? Well, I think he let us know. What does he do? I think he let us know who those people were. Those teams, New England. Right. Like, they're, they're the team. Those teams are the ones playing games when it comes to, I think, feeding some of this stuff to the McShays and the Orlossies of the world because that's the dream for them to have a guy like this fall in their lap, especially New England, where you got Cam Newton probably on a one, one year deal. I can't imagine that goes beyond this year. Maybe, maybe, but Pittsburgh as well. They got Big Ben. They want to find their quarterback of the future. Of course, those are teams that are going to throw this out to analysts to say some of these things. I'd be blown away, blown away if he doesn't get selected in the top 15 picks, maybe even top 10 Mm -hmm. at this point. I'm just not buying any of this stuff about this guy falling and he needs time to develop. But what about Trey Lance? What about Zach Wilson? Huh. Like, what about these guys? These guys are just picture perfect prospects. There's no room for them to fall. Like, that's what's confusing to me about <laughs> all of this yeah. is the fact that we're we're honing in on what Justin Fields isn't. But when it comes to Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, specifically Zach Wilson, no, it's just shoot number two pick done. Don't, don't even need mystery. to look at it. it it's Maddie, crazy to me. I don't understand. It's similar to hoops. I think the more mystery you have, 
the more of a chance that people will draft you based on potential. That's I think there's a I think me. there's a basketball tinge to this that Justin Fields is almost like, well, we know what he is. You know but, what? But, but Trey, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, pro- you're, you're probably right. Because here's what I was thinking real quick. It almost pays off to be a Joe Burrow, of Zach course. Wilson of the world now, to where you're not the guy coming into the season as the lead dog. Because that's what's happening to Zach Wilson and what happened to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow wasn't being talked about the way he was when we got the draft week. He was because he smashed that year down at LSU, and Zach Wilson did some good things. It almost helps to be that guy than it does to be a Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson or Justin Fields. Yeah, be the, the guy, guy behind the guy. Been coaching you up on that forever. That now is the you guy now the guy. now you're getting Lance is is more inexperienced than the other guys. Now he's won a, a championship. He never lost a game, and he only threw one pick in his college career. There's a mystery around Trey Lance that there's an upside to his skill set. That you're like, wow, I I want to be in the Trey Lance business and big dude. Athletic, physical, strong arm. Well, I'm kind of describing Justin Fields, and he went up against the greatest predictor of future behavior is past behavior, and I've seen what he can do against that level of competition for two years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm finding all this stuff very interest interesting. The epilepsy stuff that'll come to the surface now, and and now that you know, certainly, and Justin's been open about it now going into the draft, so there'll be no. Uh, shock value coming out of the draft. It will be talked about, and then and now all we can. All I know, know is this, Ar. If I'm a yeah. fan of the Cardinals, Rams, or the Seahawks, I will be thanking the gods if they don't think if they take Mac Jones over yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah, no, I know. I'm with you. He's top 15 lock. I if he falls below, Ugh. we'll all we'll we'll all praise the casualties of the world. Okay. Uh, all right, guys. I want you to make your health a priority. Quick and easy health assessment. You've heard me mention it. Low T Center is the place to go. It's all for us dudes. Uh, they've reinvented the doctor's visit. No more hanging around, waiting around. They'll make it quick. It's easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone. It starts with an annual wellness exam. It's comprehensive. You're going to get all the numbers important to your health, so get after it. Get after it. You want to start feeling your best. I'm dedicated now, and, and once you get rolling and see some results and feel better, you will, you'll say, wow, why didn't I do this earlier? So go get your numbers. That's what I preach, getting the information. Information is power. And it could be signs of low T. It may not be. You may not need it. It might be low thyroid or sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help you. And if you do need help, they offer a monitored self-injected home testosterone treatments. So you get the convenience there, the safety measures there, and self-injected home treatments, only $135 a month for self-pay, or it's covered by most health insurance. So book your annual wellness exam today. Go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center reinventing men's health care. We'll come back and play some truth. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Never short on opinions, always short on class. Common Man and T Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB, take over. All right, a couple quick ones for, for you. So Taysom Hill has shifted his focus and training to full-time quarterback work this offseason. I want to know real quick, who's your starter week one for the Saints? Jameis. Jameis is, I think, going to be the week one starter. Um, he didn't throw a lot of passes last year, so we how quickly we forget. Uh, we know all about the picks, but let's talk about him for a quick second. He's now he had, you know he's been in the system now. It's very complicated. The Saints run a lot of shifts, a lot of formations. We know that, and now that he's been in it, 
Taysom had a leg up. He had been in that offense for three years when Drew went down. So it made sense. And they wanted to see what they had in him. I think we're talking about a guy who has a 5,000-yard season on his resume. And, and not many other guys can say that in the history of the game. He's had 4,000-yard seasons. To me, it's the coachable stuff. It's the decision-making. It's the ball security. He can, he can move. He's got deep ball. And he's got an arm. I think it's Jameis. I'm eating dubs with Jameis. I'm all in on the famous Jameis Winston experience down there in New Orleans. And I touched on this earlier about Stefanski and Baker having to figure this thing out with Odell. Sean Payton, too. Let's see it. We've been told for years how great of an offensive mind Sean Payton is. But he has had Drew Brees, so that helps a little bit. So now we're going to see how great of a head coach and offensive mind Sean Payton is. I believe that Jameis can cut those interceptions down. Everybody talks about the 30 interceptions, and rightfully so. You mentioned the 5,000 yards. I'll take the 33 touchdowns that came along with that as well. So if he can cut that in half, with the talent that New Orleans has down there, I think the Saints can be a legit, legit problem in the NFC. So I'm all in on Jameis. I think we're going to get a bounce back here from him. And that, my boy, is a damn truth. All right, so Joe Burrow says he's not lobbying for a specific guy in this draft, but you got to know he does want someone. Probably he's got an eye on at least somebody. Would you rather, if you're in his spot, would you rather want protection or that special weapon wide receiver let me drop this quote for you ar from joe burrow bangles.com quote mm-hmm. i think we're in a good spot to take just the best available especially after the free agency we had we got a lot of really good players that are going to be a lot of help on defense and riley reef at tackle is going to help uh-huh. us a lot i'm not buying that <laughs> joey b doesn't have a say in this I think Joey B is heavily leaning towards Jamar Chase. And when you specifically drop Riley Reef's name in a quote about the offseason, that to me takes me inside the mind a little bit of Joe Burrow and how comfortable he may be right now. Because you got Riley Reef and you got Jonah Williams coming back. And also, remember, they went out and got his guy in Thaddeus mm-hmm. Moss. Is Thaddeus Moss a bangle without Joe Burrow? I don't think that I don't think that's the case. So I think Joe Burrow has a say in this, and I think Joe Burrow's leaning Chase come next week uh i'll disagree with you on the first i don't think he has a true say in who they pick i think he has a say in who he'd like them to pick i think they'll listen to him but ultimately they're not going to take what he says i think they're going to make the pick they think what's best for the organization because we've seen that happen with other quarterbacks hall of fame type guys where they've traded away receivers and not said a word like they don't talk to aaron Rodgers about trading jordy nelson they don't talk to drew Brees about trading jimmy graham they just do it and so, I th- but I agree with your second part, which is the question. The truth is he wants Jamar Chase. All quarterbacks want weapons. You can get... Now, is there another Sewell in this draft? I don't know. No, there's but not. I, but but the, Riley and Jonah Williams, I know it's a deep tackle draft. And I think that if the question is, who does Joe Burrow want? I think it's Jamar Chase. Just remember, it's not a lie. If you believe it. Real quick, final one here. So yesterday was National Cheese Fries Day. What topping would you like to add on top of your plate of cheese fries? None, because I think cheese fries are trash. Nobody, look, here's the reason why I think they're trash. Who wants soggy French fries? Like, I'm all in on the cheese, but just give me the cheese on the side. I don't need a whole bunch of cheese soaking up my French fries. I like my my French fries a little crunchy, so give me the cheese sauce on the side. Cheese on fries is trash. Get it out of here. Give me the toppings on the side. Okay, you and me are going to Chicago. We're going to North Clark. We're going to the Wiener Circle, and you are getting cheddar fries. 
I'm not. Yeah, you are. That's, that's probably that's that's the thing. I'm you're, not going to get them. You're, you're going to like it. That. I ain't getting that. So you're yeah. going to eat it, and I'll it doesn't watch have you to eat. be drowned. And plus, the fries don't have to be soggy. They can be crispy, and then you put the cheddar on there. Well, that's it's what fine. I'm saying. It takes away from the crisp. Is my problem no, with no. cheese? Fries. Oh no. Well, I don't worry. We'll we'll make sure that it's sprinkled on nicely for you. Not drowning in cheddar. No, it's mandatory. It's mandatory. We're gone. By the way, real quickly, Torts is up next. Um, I just dipped uh, some broccoli and some asparagus in yellow mustard. It was fantastic. I don't believe you. I did. Oh, I, I, I have it. I have the cup. I even had some ketchup and in there, kid, too. There's no way it could be fantastic. I, I think did, you're It was just fine. Trying. It added something to it. I needed it. <laughs> All right. Well, of course, vegetables, they need something. Of course. Mustard will cover it up. Right. But mustard, it ain't I, I had no brown sugar to sprinkle on it. <laughs> All right. We'll come back with Tor Talking Hounds next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Always imitated, never duplicated. Your heritage sports talker and flagship home for Ohio State athletics. The fan. Ohio sports destination. Hockey. Hockey. And Hounds. Release the Hounds. With Columbus Blue Jackets head coach John Tortorella. Brought to you by Telhio Credit Union. All right, time to check in with the legend, Columbus Blue Jacket coach John Tortorella for Hockey and Hounds. Brought to you by Telhio Credit Union. Torts, how's it going? How are you, Anthony? We're okay. We're okay. We're hanging in there. Snowing up here, so you're not missing much. But uh, yeah, I heard. I heard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's winter up here, man. I know it's summer where you are. Um, Seventy-five right. and sunny here, man. Yeah, nice. And sunny. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'd like to stay, but uh, uh, your wife and the animals need you. There's work to be done at home, so uh, hurry, hurry back. Um, hey, let me ask you this: What's it like now, um, for the first time in five years, not having the motivation that a coach can play? which is the carrot on the stick of a postseason berth. You know you're overmatched from a roster standpoint. What's it like now for you not having that ace in the hole to play with your team, that there's still a lot to fight for? Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's something we're not used to, uh, I guess, w- which is a good thing. Uh, I, I hope we're, we're never in this type of spot again. Uh, but we're here, we're trying to learn from it. I, I think we're, in my mind, at least from my as a coach, I've kind of changed gears into with the management team, with Yarmo and his guys, trying to give them as much information about players, different players coming in and out of this lineup, putting them in different spots in games, uh, letting them see how they react to certain situations. Quite honestly, letting letting them see how. Uh, not just the young players and new players, but the old players handle this type of situation that we're in as they begin, uh, you know, uh, maybe a different blueprint here as far as where we're going to go with this team and where the roster is going to be uh, as they keep pushing forward here after this year. You know, Coach, when you're in a situation like this and you're evaluating your players, like you just said, is there any portion of this that's an evaluation for you and the coaches themselves as kind of a, hey, look in the mirror type of deal and figure out what we can do to not be in a situation like this again? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I'll tell you, and we talk about it as coaches. I've been 30-plus as a coach, and it's been a tremendous learning experience for me to see how quickly uh, where I – and it was. And, and we're all proud of where we went to as far as our locker room was concerned, uh, how it was handled, the standard of all that, all that being put together, and, and what level we were at 
how quickly that can change. And uh, th- this hasn't been a uh, this hasn't been a slow uh, decline. This we fell off the mountain, and uh, and it, it's certainly not putting blame anywhere. Those are conversations we'll have in the organization, and I certainly won't have them publicly here. But it it it, it re- it's a tremendous learning experience for me how quickly things went sideways here. And listen, it's on my watch, uh, so that, that that I take that very seriously, and I'm trying to learn every day as far as uh, uh, this whole process we've gone through as far as the decline. And this is before we even get on the ice as far as some of the problems that are going on in the ice. So, Maddie, it's a great question, and uh, yeah, we're we're all involved in this, trying to learn and and hopefully be better. Uh, as you, as you get through where rock bottom where we're at right now, we start trying to climb back up. You know your passion has stayed the same. You know I see you behind the bench on these games, and certainly you want your team to win. The organization, the philosophy now is that if we don't win, it improves the draft status. <laughs> and and boy, I'll tell you that has to be a wild spot to be in. Not that you're trying to organize a tank, because I can see you guys are you're coaching to win games. Um, what is bothering you the most? Because last night I would say this, and you can explain to me, because I know turnovers are killing you, and they've killed you a lot this season. But I want to know all turnovers aren't created equal. Hockey's hockey. So I'll give you a couple of examples. One, you know, coming out of your own end, Bayreuther tries that that pass off the glass, never really gets cleared. Florida does a pretty good job of handling that puck and quickly got it back in. Gusev makes a great uh, pass along the blue line. Barkov's there with space and the wrister, and you get a goal. The other one is the one where, where I think the puck gets deflected back to the blue line. You guys are aggressive, and I think that I think it's Jack who gets that puck, but it's on his backhand, and now he's being pressured, and I think he tries yeah. to chip it back in because he feels like, I can't make a turnover here at the blue line. I've just got to dump it back in. They pick it off. The other way, it's in your net. Um, are yeah. those two equal in your mind, or are those just no. uh, how else no. would you like no, him to are. handle that? Yeah, there's there's all different ones, you know. And the one with Jack is a big one for me. That's what I was most upset. You know, it's funny, Anthony, how you first started the question. I go into the game, and and listen, it's a different mindset for the coaching staff Mm -hmm. because we're kind of huddled with the managers and trying to give them looks, as I just said. But once that game starts, you know, uh, I and I'll speak for myself. I, I I am locked in. And listen, we we haven't won forever, and it'd be nice for just to feel good about a win, and uh, you know, coming away with a win. And so, whenever that game starts, no matter what conversations I've had with my manager, we're gonna we're gonna we'll show you this guy. This is the guy you want in. We'll put him on the power play. Mm-hmm. Once the game starts, I'm all in, and I want to win. Yeah. And the one with Jack is it's something. And this is my frustration, is I just want to see some improvement. And I want to see, uh, I'm hoping there's some listening skills that we, we can't turn that puck over. It, it is just a, it's a play. And, and Jack has given us some good minutes. And, and, and so I, I, I have to follow that line. I've got to let it be an offensive guy. I want to get out of his way offensively. But it comes down to situations. And that is a dangerous, dangerous area of the ice. It's three to one at that time. We just spent a number of minutes in the end zone. Didn't generate a lot of offense, but we had some zone time. We're still in the game. 
We can't give them a free one there. And that's what that is to me. Being at the blue line, you're checked. It's an easy play to put it back down on the corner. Let's play underneath the hash mark as we were just a few minutes ago and kind of change the momentum of the game a little bit. Those are the things I want to see our players improve on. And th- that's why I was so frustrated about that play is because we're still there. We're still there, and it's a free one. And as I said after the game, we're not equipped right now with this lineup to give free ones. We're just not scoring enough. Uh, it, it, we just can't give our free ones. We can't go offside on the tying goal. We can't. maddie has got to figure out some way to drag his leg or do mm-hmm. something and not go offside on an odd man rush. And, and so those are the things that uh, I just want to see some progress, Anthony. I want to see uh, some improvement in, the, in that type of situational play because we're going nowhere in a couple – we're done in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But we're still trying to improve, and I'm trying to get the players to understand that. And so that, that's kind of in a really long-winded answer. That's where we're at. Oh, I think that's really good stuff right there, Coach, for sure. Real quick one for me before we get to the most important stuff. Just Bjorky gets you on the other night on Monday night, and he's put together a pretty solid season, it seems to me. Wanted to get your perspective on what you've seen from Bjorky as a player this year, and have you felt like he's taken steps to become a better player this season? Yeah, yeah. Oliver has, uh, you know, he, he's gone through the process, and uh, it has really, as I've always said, and this started a couple years ago, and we, re- he, we really turned the corner. He understands away from the puck. He understands the puck battles. Uh, he just he gets it now. I, I think he's turned into a really good pro. Very quiet guy. Uh, very. He just he's all business, and he just uh, has learned how to be a hockey player. And uh, I, I give him a lot of credit because he's not that big. Uh, his willingness has really shown up as far as puck battles. And I think that's what's kind of turned the tide offensively for him because he's doing those other little things prior to uh, being able to use that shot of his. Uh, why don't you give us a, maybe a quick one on like Don and Bayreuther and some of the guys you're getting to look at. I didn't understand the Bayreuther. When Bayreuther, when he belted Duclair in the neutral zone and – they didn't call a penalty, and then all of a sudden the fight is on. Did they go back and yeah. assess something there? And is that, how rare is that? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, the, when the initial play with Beirut, and, and it, it should be a penalty. I think it should be a penalty, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but neither ref put their arm up, okay? And that was my biggest beef with them. Uh, Kelly, they, they, they did not put their arms up. But then when the instigator comes in and they fight, Somehow, during that fight, they got together and said, okay, we got to even this up. And, uh, you know, listen, it happens. It happens in the game. And, and my question to Kelly, Kelly Southern, who is the, the chief referee there, I said, Kelly, you didn't put your arm up. I said, why is it even? <laughs> and, and, and listen, I, like, I, like I told our team, we have no business to argue about anything. We're a 15-win team. Shut your mouth, play, and, and, and you eat it. you got to eat this. And, th- and this happens in the league, Anthony. It happens in all yeah. leagues. Oh yeah! When you're in the cellar. You're not getting any breaks, and, and, and so what? You, you got to eat it. But I just wanted the explanation from him, uh, and, and, and so that's how it worked. And it, and it happens that it, it, it just it does happen that way. Uh, but you know, it, there's yeah. there's no complaining. Uh, and I've tried to tell my team that, that you know what, it, we need to we need to revel in this. We're here. Uh-huh. Uh, we're in the manure here. You, you need to <laughs> you need to sit in it, swim in it, deal with it. 
and don't ever want to come back here as you start trying to get out of this. But until until we get out of it, shut your mouths and yeah. and, and humble yourself here because this is humiliating and we should be humbled. And I think it's still I think it's a really good lesson for us. And I think while we're in this here, we can still learn as you start trying to climb again and, and, and start getting into a better position as a player and a team. Yeah, no, I hear you. That There's coaching moments everywhere. You can't just hand these games away and, and just because you're not in it anymore and feel like you're not getting anything out of them. I, at least you got an angry team. You know, I mean, Cole threw down last night. I know Max has kind of you know got his wires crossed the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. At the very least, you got an angry team. It seems they like got an edge. You don't got you don't have enough roster wise, but you got yeah. an edge. So at least you got yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. At times, I, yeah. I you know there, there are certain things like it, and I I have to watch myself. Like I, I've watched uh, uh, I've watched the opponents against us, and I've watched you know some players that. I've been in the league long enough, and I've watched some veteran players kind of take advantage of some of our young kids with some stuff, you know, behind the play, mm-hmm. and it eats at me. Anthony, it eats at me yeah. that that we're disrespected that much right now because that that's what that was our biggest battle for me when I first started here that we need to try to gain respect in the league. It's right. an unbelievable lesson how quickly you can lose respect, and I I can't. I my, my my fury is in my mind when I see some of the things going on with some of my players, but I can't do anything about that. I, I, I you can't. Like I said, shut your mouth. You're going to have to live with this until until you get uh, you take your medicine until you get better. Yeah. And but it still eats at me to see some of the stuff. I'm 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 mad right yeah. now just thinking about some things that went on last night behind yeah. plays that they just can kind of they're looking down on us and yeah. that pisses me off and it it it. it it's something that we're in it, and we get, like I said, we've got to be in it. I, I hope we get out of it quickly and, and start uh, looking up and, and, and being better respected because uh, there's zero respect right now. Yeah. Uh, you got eight to go, and I know. Right. You don't want other teams showing up that this is our free W night. This, that's, that's, yep. at, least, at least make it's them there. earn it. As much, I know it's, it's there, there, and it, it stinks. I get it. Um, I don't want to get your hopes up but, uh, because we're kind of still in the process with Odin. And I just want to let you know that I, I did receive we did receive an application for Odin, uh, which means you and I may be building an enclosure one day soon. I hope we get to that. <laughs> and if, if if it believe me, if it gets to the day where I got to pick up a I'm power there. tool, I'll do it. Yes, I will do it. And you know how much I hate power tools. Um, but <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. But but we do have an app on Odin. It doesn't mean we're not accepting others because we want to make sure it's it's a great situation. So I want people to know that Odin is still available. Um, we I hate to use this term, but we do have a rock star pit bull um, with with no disclaimers here. Great with kids. Great with dogs. Great with cats. Um, he's unbelievable. I'll send you the picture when I'm done. His name is Brody. He's goofy. He's kind of puppy like. Uh, we'd like to get him a cane. We'd like to get him a dog friend to romp around with all day. He's about four ish at age wise. So he sleeps a lot too. So which is good. But, uh, his name is Brody. I'll put his picture out there today. And I think anyone would be fortunate to welcome this dog into their family or make it their companion for a long time. So, uh, we're going to put Brody out there. He's with pro dogs, Ohio. Um, their foster group is fantastic. So shout out to Ashley and their group. Um, so Brody's out there. We'll put him out there, and I hope to have an update for you on Odin very soon. It's great to hear uh, on Brody, first of all, and really uh, it's, it's nice to hear there's a little bit of traction with Odin. I'm anxious to see how that goes. Yeah, and I just also want to tell people that 
Uh, on May 1st, the beginning of the month, Franklin County Dog Shelter is having an event where folks can come visit with dogs outside. Now, without an appointment, between 10 and 2, on May 1st, mark your calendar, May 1st, Franklin County Dog Shelter, uh, between 10 and 2. All dogs are going to be there. They'll, all, they'll be outside. Now, they're still requiring appointments to enter the building, and not every dog will be part of this outside event. But finally, uh, folks will be attending. We'll get to, you know, got to wear a mask and social distance. But uh, May 1st, Franklin County Dog Shelter, uh, put it on your calendars, 10 to 2. You can meet and greet with some of their available dogs outside. So... Uh, hopefully, uh, spring we get some hope and continue to have a good, uh, safe trip back towards. I know you got to go to Tampa, but uh, safe trip back, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys, be well. Great talking to you. You as well. That is Torts, the one and only Hockey and Hounds. Tell Higher Credit Union has been a proud sponsor of Hockey and Hounds since the very beginning, and they have put people ahead of profit since 1934. We will come back and do an NFL two-minute drill. Wrap it up. Rothman and Ice on The Fan. The Fan is live and local with morning juice, caffeinate, and dominate. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. It's time for the NFL two-minute drill. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now. Visit sleepbettercolumbus.com today. All right, NFL two-minute drill time. Antonio Brown, little news here. He has reportedly settled the situation he had with the woman who accused him of sexual assault. Mm. So it sounds like whatever happened there, it is behind him, and they have settled. And now that that's behind him, he's talking again with Tampa. And GM Jason Light said the team has had talks with him. And they put an emphasis on bringing players back and that A.B. would be no different. Uh, said put an emphasis is a bit of an understatement, though, from him. Running it back now, we'll see what happens. But he's one of the few players to even start a game for Tampa that they haven't gotten a deal done with. And now that he's resolved the legal troubles, who knows, Matty, maybe he will be back. Yeah, and maybe he's a guy that will will wait till after the draft to see what's going on with how teams operate. Probably get some free agent signings after the draft and all that, where guys can feel like, hey, I can go here and win a job. But I'm intrigued by this from a football perspective. All the off the field stuff with AB obviously is just nonsense most of the time. But as a football player, we've known what this dude can do week in and week out. Now down in Tampa, will he ever be that guy? Probably not, because there's just not enough targets to go around. But I get it if you're AB, stay attached to Tom Brady. Stay attached to a winning franchise that ran it back with everybody and their mama this offseason. So I get why they would want Antonio Brown. I'm just interested to see if we get a pocket of time AR to where we hear about other teams that are interested because that, to me, is the thing. Do teams still believe in Antonio Brown, the football player, that he can be a big-time number one wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Not going to see that in Tampa, but would we see that somewhere else? I don't know. Yeah, listen, he's... He's a talent. You just have no way of knowing when it's going off the rails. You have yeah. no way of knowing his dedication level from Sunday to Sunday, and that that's always the problem. Uh, we have a some stuff that was passed by the owners today. I dipped into this a little bit with Schefter. So no more no overtime in the preseason. That makes sense. Why would you do that? Uh, as far as overtime modifications, nothing went through. Nothing has changed about overtime. 
So that did not go through. The the jersey numbers changed, I guess. So now what, Maddie? Anyone can wear anything they want with with the single digits. There'll be no know. window. I <laughs> yeah, I guess they've I expanded. They well, they've expanded the jersey number rule. Okay. So they they approved the that that basically expands like the positions that are eligible to wear certain numbers. So now jerseys with numbers in the single digits. DBs can wear them, linebackers can wear them, running backs, fullbacks, tight ends, yes. H-backs, wideouts, you name it. The defensive backs and linebackers could wear any number, I think, from up to 49. Okay. The running backs and, and those guys had to be like 80 to 89 and 1 to 49. and I don't care. Wear whatever you want. Whatever number makes you. Hey, if you play better in that number, go ahead and get it if it's available on your team. This can't be anything I care about. It's no, I just no. it's just whatever. I know some people are going to care. This will probably be good for my millennials and the Gen Zs mm. of the world. They'll probably be all over this stuff. You know how us youngins get down. Because look, some guys will change their number and sell a ton of jerseys. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure this is going to happen. But for me, when I sit down on Sundays, the last thing I'm worried about is is you know what jersey number dudes are rocking. It's just can the refs do what they're supposed to do? And can we get a good game? That's it. All right. Anything else? I think that's yeah, about I it. Yeah, I wanted we to talk, bring this yeah. up real quick because right. I saw that new head coach for the Eagles, Nick Sirianni. I think I might have that right. And I can't imagine there's a ton of people that know who the Eagles coach is right now if we asked him out uh-huh. on the street. But I guess he didn't want to go all in with naming Jalen Hurts his guy today when he spoke to the media. I guess there could be some competition coming in Philly, which is interesting when it comes to the draft. So, I don't know. And I understand that. I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't do a ton last year for him to be the lockdown quarterback for them. But what they do in the draft now, I think, is interesting. Because when you got their head coach coming out and making a statement like that, to me, that means they're somewhat in the quarterback business. That is today's NFL 2-Minute Drill. All right, quick shout-out before I end the show to my boy, former Columbus Clipper, Wayne Hare. Golfer extraordinaire, fellow Land of Lincoln dude for me, the North Shore, Chi Town, former International League batting champ, mm, 350 good. at Pawtucket. Imagine putting up a 350, 350. for a season, Matt. That's yeah, that's right. right. 350. Uh, former AAA All Star. And my boy, Eagled number one at the Elite of Elite Scioto Country Club. Man. That's right. And one is that, elite. yes. Is that, that number like the course behind the course? No, no. This okay. is the course ahead of the course, <laughs> Okay. usually. And the fact that, you know, you want to just poke one out. It's like a decent-sized par four. It's not a beast. But like everything at Scioto, there's rough, there's bunkers, elevated green. You're going into that. Think a little false front on that first green, mm. uh, trying to manage those contours. Mm. Uh, he did it well. Pin, middle to left, 170. Dunkaroo, eagle has landed. Wayne Hare, former clipper. You saved that ball, buddy. Hope you didn't put that in the drink somewhere later on. Yeah. Uh, hope that one went into the bag and then goes up on the mantle. A Columbus Clippers Mickey ring Matt. your bell. Ding-a-ding-ding. Darn right, baby. There you go. That's man. right. Good Way job. to go, Wayne Train. Good job, buddy. All right. We'll come back tomorrow. I don't even know what day it is going to be tomorrow. I guess Thursday. <laughs> yeah. week is kind of A week long. from the draft, baby. Tomorrow. A week from the draft. Countdown is on. We'll join you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Rothman and Ice and the fans.